Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Today is a live program. It's Friday, August 27th. I've got Johnny Ova, pastor with Army for God, and I've got Rock Rodrigo, or some of us call him the Young Prophet. Also, he goes by the name of Petros. He has many names. Hey, we're going to welcome them here in a moment. Uh, looking forward to this show tonight. They're going to be giving us some updates on what God is doing up in places like Farmingdale, upstate New York, and they'll be doing an Elijah Challenge training tonight. And I want to thank everybody for tuning back in tonight. We've had a great week. I want to give God the praise. Uh, if you missed last night's show, we had Prophet Scott Lathrop on from Soul Bait Ministries. And then prior to that, we had Vietnam veteran and veteran to spiritual warfare battling the host of hell, Charlie Holtzhauser. He was on it uh, in the first show. And uh, tomorrow night, we're going to have Dr. Pat Holliday. Uh, you do not want to miss that program. And last but not least, 
We're doing a double feature today. So at 11 o'clock tonight, after this show, we're going to take a small break and then come back, and we're going to have Peter Kuhn on from Sweden. So I hope you have your uh, coffee, your tea, your lemonade, whatever it is that you're drinking tonight ready. Without further ado, let us get the brother on the phone. Stand by. All right. Um, brother Rodrigo, Brother Ova, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay, we may even have a third person. Uh, do we have a third person joining us tonight? No. Nope. Let me see. Uh, stand by. Caller, you're on the air with Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo. All right, I think that they're just tuning in to listen. And, you know, that reminds me. Uh, you may be going down the road, folks, and you say, hey, I can't uh, get to an Internet connection. Well, you can uh, call the number, 917-889-2745, and listen anywhere you have a cell phone connection. Okay. Guys, how y'all doing tonight? Oh, man, we're doing great, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing good. Me and Jesus are doing all right, as my grandmother says all the time. <laughs> That's always good. So how's y'all's week been? Oh, man. If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. But, you know, since you guys kind of, you know, since we all believe in God and we all believe in the spirits of warfare, then you would believe me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I hear that uh, some you have seen some powerful things this week. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you, you ain't kidding, my friend. And so I want to uh, praise God. So um, you're going to be doing a uh, a training very soon. Yes. When is your next meeting going to be? Our next meeting is going to be October 2nd, uh, uh, and we're going to be doing the Elijah Challenge Seminar. Um, it's, it's about an hour and a half seminar. It's 100% free, um, but it, it, it could possibly be the greatest uh, food for your soul that has come across the church body in a long time. It's a revelation that God has bestowed upon us, and, uh, it, and, and it's about time the church gets together and joins together to fulfill the great commission that Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. And that, and that is going to be in Farmingdale, New York, um, at a, a church called Key to Faith Ministries. And the, uh, the address is 140 South Front Street in uh, Farmingdale, New York. Praise God. And uh, Pastor Ova, go ahead and uh, give out your website also for those just tuning in. Sure. It's uh, www.armyforgod.com. Okay. Praise God. You know, I usually like to start the program off in prayer. Uh, would you all be so kind as to uh, lead us off in prayer tonight? Sure. Praise God. Uh, that, that is uh, Rock Rigo, I hear. Rock yeah. Rigo, would you like to pray? Sure, why not? Go for it, my brother. All right, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just ask you, Father God, for your peace over this line, Father God, and your spirit of deliverance as well, Father God, and that you may guide this show, Father God. We have a plan that if you want to throw it over the of the line and just go by you, Father God, and we're going to go by your anointing and your praise, Father God. We give you worship and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, praise God. If you're just tuning in, we've got Pastor Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo with Army for God. And, uh, gentlemen, what's the Lord put on your heart for this weekend? Well, uh, God is doing such a great work, and he's doing it so fast, uh, brother. And first off, I just want to thank you so much for giving us this platform uh, to be able to, to, to share what God is doing. And I thank you for being obedient to God's word and your call. You're such a great brother, such a great friend. And, uh, you know, you, you're doing a, an amazing, amazing work here in uh, bridging the gap, so to say, for people to, to grow spiritually uh, and grow closer to God and to better prepare themselves for this everyday world. And 
It's amazing how people never understand why they feel the things they do or go through the things they do. They just think that old saying, you know, life is life, but life is life, but there's so much more to life than what meets the eye. Um, and that comes with a lot of things, too. Not everything always is the way it seems to be. And uh, what God has put on, on our hearts is this Elijah Challenge. Now, I'm sure many of you have listened uh, to the uh, William Lau Elijah Challenge training, and, and, and we got to give William Lau uh, uh, an amazing, uh, amazing amount of respect, and he is such a man in God. Uh, and uh, the Elijah Challenge, we, we're a branch of, uh, off of William Lau. We were trained in his discipleship program. Um, and uh, I hope you keep listening, because the Elijah Challenge you're going to hear from me and Rock uh, might be a, a little different. It's a different take. It's a different outlook. It's like getting a different perspective on somebody. Um, and uh, I know William Lau's trainings are, are one of them's I think four hours. The other one's 16. The advanced training is 16 wow. hours. Yeah. And uh, our training is about an hour and a half. And, um, you know, we cut it down because you guys don't see the slideshows, the pictures and all that stuff like that. But you get the gist of it. And we're really going to introduce you guys to who exactly Elijah is. Praise God. And, uh, brother, I'm going to give you the mic. Um, Praise God. Praise and God. And, Rock, right, uh, the, it's an open mic, so you all um, chime in uh, when the Lord leads you to do it. So go for it, my brothers. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Well, I'm going to start off with some testimony of what happened this week. I think, I, I think we should start there. Um, because if you don't believe in a spiritual realm, it's amazing how the closer you draw to God, the more that you see uh, God working in your life, and Satan trying to attack you in your life. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it always seems like every time you start moving forward in God is when Satan starts really coming after you in God, and unfortunately, that discourages a lot of Christians, and it gets a lot of Christians down. And if you only knew who you are in Christ, if you only believed what God said you were, if you only knew how much God loves you, and, and that's, you know what, I just feel to say that again. I want everybody out there to know that God loves you. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And not only that, he gave us a little handbook called the Bible that will instruct us on in how to overcome the ups and downs of this world and how to overcome the, the darts that Satan and his demons try to throw at us yes. uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. He gives us advice like a great father, uh, you know, on what to do and what not to do from experience. I mean, he did create us. He didn't make our desires. And he didn't make this world. And he sees the unfortunate events live in person, of how man has sinned and fallen short and the repercussions from it. So he gives us teachings and he gives us advice on, you know what, this might not be the best idea to do this. Uh, if you do this, there might be, a, might be a penalty here that you might not want to pay. Um, but he loves you. He loves you, and that's why he's doing that. So yeah. um, we've had some amazing, uh, amazing things happen in the ministry and God is really doing a great work. We have an amazing pastors, uh, Pastor Sal and Pastor Dana, who are getting behind this amazing move of God. And Pastor Sal is, I mean, this is a pastor who studies night and day in the Word uh, to prepare his church and to pastor the flock that God puts underneath him, which is an unbelievable thing. Because honestly, it's been very sad. It's not, it's not common. It's not common these days. So um, we had an opportunity this week where last week um, uh, we had an actual visitation from an angel, uh, wow. as crazy as that sounds. Um, and I know you like this, Omega, so that's why I'm going to share this story with you tonight, bro. Absolutely. All right, guys, I, know, I know you guys are going to be blessed by this, too, because it was just an amazing thing that happened. So we, um, we just did a, I just got done speaking at a, a youth group, and we were talking about the spirit of Elijah. We were talking about the faith of a mustard seed. 
And uh, we are also going to be moving and bringing in the deliverance back to the church. Why it left, I have no idea. Um, I believe me and you, Shannon, were talking about this before. How could the church move into the call of God and, and, and move into what God has for them when they're all bound up? That's the truth, brother. They can't. That's why people are sitting on pews, handcuffed, right. literally. Exactly. And you know what? And, and then you got, on the other hand, you got all these uh, evangelists out there who are preaching, um, you know, all about themselves and, and all about what you can get out of God. And, and we got to stop preaching God as a life enhancer and start preaching God as a life rescuer. Yes. And, and the fact is, is that when you teach people to go to church to see what you can get out of God, whether it's your life being fixed, whether it's your, your, your finances being grown, and not sowing the seed and loving on people like God intended, when stuff happens in your life, you're going to fall back so fast because you're, you're, it's a me generation church, and it has to start turning into a you. And will you lay your life down for your bread, for your friend, for your brother? Will you take the time to study the Word, prepare yourself to, to, to release somebody from a bondage of, of, of sin uh, that has been holding them down their whole entire life? Maybe depression, suicide, homosexuality, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, so anyways, we, we've been talking and preaching and, and, and doing this. And then afterwards, my friend Matt calls me up, uh, who's a wonderful man, a man of God. And he's like, John, he goes, I had this thing I got to tell you, man. He's like, my friend Lewis, who, who he knows through a bookstore on Long Island called God for Me, that sells Christian books. He's like, there's my friend over here, and, and he is really uh, uh, manifesting. He starts talking in these demons, he, uh, and he starts telling me things he said. He said that he has been given uh, a declaration to, he has been given the authority to declare war on hell. Wow. And he laid down on his face in this bookstore, and he started, like, manifesting and, and, and doing all this weird stuff. And he actually started speaking that thousands upon thousands of demons were leaving his body at the time. Whoa. So he was like, John, you want to come and pray for this guy and get this guy delivered? And, you know, me and Rock Rico are in the car. We're like, absolutely. You kidding me? You know, it was like 1130 at night. And we're like, let's do this. So we're driving all over because he got kicked out of his house. He's in his car. He's telling us he's underground. He's like doing all this weird stuff. We can't find him. So we end up at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I love Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we end up at Taco Bell. All right. So we're sitting there just talking and we're eating and, and we're just sharing and we're praying and we're just thinking, you know, just talking. Well, actually, we're listening to your show, Omega. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. We we had your show on my speakerphone, on my cell phone. We were listening to you. As you're uh, eating a burrito supreme with sour cream. Amen. And you can't forget the potato burrito. That's the most important part of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so we get to, and we're sitting down, and this, and this homeless man walks up to us, and he goes, can you guys give us money for food? And right away, Matt's like, absolutely. You can't be imagining the potato burrito. This is why it's so funny, because we were busting his chops yesterday. Um and we go to the counter, and he gets the guy, and uh, imagine and Peter Brito, and he goes to the guy. He goes, he goes, you know what? He goes, I, I really offer you, I, I really suggest that you eat this potato burrito. This is what he says, and I'm going to be laughing. So the guy gets like six to, uh, six potato burritos to go. <laughs> Matthew's paying for it. Uh, he lays the money out for the guy as an offering, and what he does is he says he's bringing it to his family. And that was like, wow. That, that was, you know, he leaves. And he comes back five minutes later with a Bible. Whoa. And I was like, wow, wow that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. He sits down, he opens the Bible up, and uh, he's sitting right in front of Matt, and me and Rock are right next to him at the table, and he looks at Matt, and he starts prophesying over Matt's life. 
and everything was dead on. Because me and Matt are really close friends, and we talked about everything. He nailed everything. God used him in such a way, and it was incredible. And it so touched him, and God actually prompted me to, to grab Rock and leave because this was his time with Matt. So me and Rock got up, and we left, and we are just praising God this whole entire thing. And yesterday we were joking about it. I was like, bro, God sends you an angel down here. Uh, it was almost like a test, like, will you, you know, will you, will you help me, you know? And Matt did, and then Matt got blessed by it, and Matt was in tears. It was such a beautiful moment, and I was like, Matt, I was like, you got to be kidding me, bro. God himself sends you an angel to give you a message, and what you do is you buy him a potato burrito at Taco Bell. I was oh, like, man. man, oh, man. <laughs> uh, d- d- uh, don't leave out the other detail. What did he pull out of his pocket? <laughs> oh, that's right. And right before they leave, they pull out frankincense and myrrh, and start anointing each other with oil, and I'm like, Matt, you gotta be kidding me! Where do you get where do you get frankincense and myrrh from? It's <laughs> a dude living on the street, and he comes in with frankincense and myrrh, a Bible, and myrrh, and uh, and eats potato tacos, and eats potato tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! See, this is something that only God. See, God is a comedian. I'm pretty sure of it, because uh, he does something that you just laugh and you're just like, "Wow, that's, that's <laughs> great! That's that's great!" So, anyways, he calls me up yesterday and he's like, "John, he's like, uh, well, it, it was two days ago." He's like, "John, he goes, they, they actually got the kid, the kid, and they, he's in one of the a psychiatric ward over in Nassau County, over in, in Long Island." And we were like, "He's like, you want to go there and pray for him?" So we were like, "Sure." He goes, if Rock could call me, great too. So we grab Rock, we pick him up, I pick him up, we go meet Matt at the uh, at the um, the hospital, and we get there, we and we just start praying, and we just start praying. We pray the blood of Christ over us, as we are ready to smack Satan around like nobody's business, because Satan has been smacking us Christians around for yeah. years and years and years, and we do nothing about it. We sit there like we're Satan's little puppy dogs, getting smacked around by Satan, and then we complain <laughs> about it. And we, that's the whole point of the Elijah Challenge, to challenge you that you are son and daughter of a king, of a king. And Satan bows down at the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes. And Jesus Christ is in you. And if Satan bows down at the cross of Jesus Christ, what these little demons do that try to attack us? They are nothing. They are nothing if you only believe. And that's brother, that I, Go ahead, brother. Uh, I will amen that. I mean, uh, let me make a comment, folks. Uh, you never know who you may be entertaining. The, the word says uh, some of us entertain un- angels unaware, mm. and uh, I have no—I have no doubt in my mind that you'll had a angel visit. And um, if someone walks up to me and I've got something in my pocket to give, I give it to them. You know, uh, I've been—I've been on the street before. <laughs> right. And uh, wow. I had a guy walk up to me and. Uh, he said, hey, buddy, you have 50 cents? I said, brother, I don't have 50 cents. How about you? <laughs> uh, listen, you could, you could be uh, in your house today and on the street tomorrow. And, you know, God uh, wants us to give. He wants us to help the homeless, the widows, the orphans, the orphans, those in disaster. But uh, back to my point, uh, you may be entertaining an angel. And uh, they were obedient. They helped the brother. And uh, lo and behold, he comes back in, anoints him with frankincense and myrrh, and shares a word of the Lord. Uh, the only question I have is, did the angel eat the tacos or not? Oh, the, well, no, the angel brought the tacos to his family, apparently. Wow. He left, he left with the tacos on, on a bicycle, and then he came back five minutes later with a Bible. Man, praise God. That, that, was, that is just it was, awesome. It was amazing. It was such a great story. It was such a touching moment to watch a man of God like Matt get a word from God that he's been so needing to hear for so long. It was so amazing. 
Amen to that. And then um, this all happened uh, when you all went looking for a the demonized man. Now, you mentioned that uh, he was in the uh, the store. Yeah, you know, we were like, we, I, we just felt, I felt like, I was like, he's that God for me. And I went over there, and he wasn't there. And I'm like, why did God bring us here? Because I know God's voice when I hear it, you know? I said, why did God want us here? And Matt was on his way to meet us there, because we were going to kick Satan's butt tonight, you know? And, and it was almost like God had us go there, and then we, and it, we were, I was starving. I was the only one that was really hungry. So I'm like, let me get something to eat, and you guys ought to hang out. Because it was, I, I, you know, I haven't eaten since the morning. It was midnight. You know, I'm going on like 20 hours here now, and I need to get something just in me. So uh, I was going to go to Burger King and add this and that, and I just felt to go into the Taco Bell. And then that's like, where like, my Taco Bell, bro? And he's like, okay. It was just so the way God set it up. It was almost like he, it was almost like the situation came up, to, to release this guy uh, and deliver this man, of uh, the, the son of God, one of God's children. And God's like, you know what, I'm going to bless you guys for your effort. And he blessed Matt that night. It was amazing. Amen, amazing. he did. And then uh, the guy who was missing in action that you're looking for couldn't find, uh, he turns up the next day, doesn't he? Yes, he turns up in the psychiatric ward in Nassau County. Wow, so they had picked the guy up, and uh, you all had an opportunity, uh, an invitation to go in there into the psychiatric ward and minister to this guy, didn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. We we get to the hospital, okay? We go up to the floor, and uh, we're ready to go. We're prayed up. We're stored up. We're ready to preach. We get to the door, and we look at the sign. It says you can't touch them. You can't give them anything, like all these rules and everything like that. And nobody wow. under 18 can go and go in. So poor Rock Rico over here, who's only 16 years old, powerful man of God, couldn't get in. This kid, you know, prophesied over the nations already, and they won't let him in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they had you guard uh, holding up the rear guard, Rodrigo. <laughs> what happened? You said I you said, yeah, up you, the rear guard. Uh, yes. Right. All the time. <laughs> so you, uh, you actually get in there, and uh, when you get in, uh, was it like a big room with a bunch of other people, or they put you off into like a little room uh, by himself, or how did it go? Well, it was kind of in a room with other people, and it was heavily guarded with nurses. Okay. Um, we, 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 it was in like, almost like a, almost like what you would see in a movie, like when the, you visit somebody in a prison, there's like 20 tables there, some people yeah. there visiting their relatives. So we go into the corner and we sit down in the corner because we're like, you know what? People are going to see this anyway, but let's try to, we'll close off in the corner because we want to corner Satan and not let him go anywhere. Um, so we sit down there and they bring in this kid. And I have to say, this kid is the sweetest sweetest guy that you could ever meet. And his heart, you could see, is so genuine for God. He's so genuine for God. And it, it is such an amazing experience when you're sitting there uh, and you see somebody who loves God so much and wants to see God's kingdom grow, and then yes. all of a sudden, a light switch would just flip. Uh-oh. And here's, here's his demon talking. He had a case of schizophrenia, brother. Whoa, so he's here one minute, and then the next minute you're not talking to him anymore. You're talking to a demonic spirit. 100%. And you could tell by the look in his eyes, and the craziest part was me and Matt were like looking at each other, and afterwards Matt was like, bro, did you see that thing in his eyes? And we saw this little green thing running around, almost like a room, in his eyes. Good grief. You looked into and the window of his soul through his eyes, and you saw a creature running back and forth? It was this little thing running back and forth in his eyes. And I listen, I know this sounds absolutely out of control, but you know what? Has, it, it, this is what I like, because when you tell Christians stuff like this, they go, are you crazy? 
And I go, absolutely, I'm crazy for Jesus. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever read the book of Revelations before? Yes. I mean, we got horses flying out of the sky, and, and you know, you know, we yes. got all this craziness going on. I mean, read your Bible, Christian. Come on now, you know? And, folks, the reason we're uh, taking this opportunity to, to tell you these events is so that when these things happen to you, you don't think you've lost your mind. And, you know, I'm praying that uh, every Christian out there manifest, and <laughs> you go through deliverance, and you wake up and say, oh, I recant. God forgive me for saying a Christian can't have a demon. And, you know, when you've recovered, you can go out there and help your brother because they exist. I've looked them eye to eye, and uh, you are looking face-to-face with a a demonic spirit, and uh, it went more than that. You actually got a clue as to his name, didn't you? Yeah, we did. He actually shared his name with us, and this is the the other crazy thing because this is the other thing that I was thinking of, of of how does everybody get all these names of these demons, and... He actually told us, he's flat out, he's like, I have this thing called mania, M-A-N-I-A, mania, and he goes, it's a depressing, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sluggish, depressing bipolar disorder yeah. uh, that he was explaining. He literally was explaining what he does to somebody, because he was talking as the third person at this time. Wow. So he was explaining to us how he was, he was almost controlling this kid, and then the kid would flip back and he'd be like, He's like, we have to, this kid would just literally start talking on deliverances and stuff like that. And he'd mention these deliverance preachers' names, and, and he'd be going off on these things and how we got to deliver these Christians to move into God's call. we got to save the children of the world and, and build God's kingdom. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool when he was yeah. hit. You know, that all of a sudden, the flip, it switch again, and he'd go, and it'd be insane. And it was funny, because uh, Omega, I was listening to your show with, uh, with, with Pastor Gogan on, and um, I remember him describing... He's like, don't look at your body as a house. I want you to look at your body like almost like a resort, like a hotel with many different um, uh, rooms in it. And yes. when I heard that, I kind of like scratched my eyes, like, what is he talking about? Like, where does he get this? And honestly, that was my first reaction. So this guy starts, when he flips the switch onto this demonic thing, he starts talking about, literally right in our faces, he starts talking about how thousands of demons were released from the many rooms in his body. And I'm Whoa. like, this is unbelievable. I just heard this yesterday listening to your show on my iPod. Praise <laughs> God. <laughs> and I'm like, this is crazy. And, and, this, and this is how uh, all these guys get these names from, and this is how everybody gets their things, you know, all their information from. They actually explain to you exactly how they operate, um, which is great. And, um, man, it was, it was crazy. So, anyway, we're going back and forth, and you can see when he was not himself and that demon was operating, right? So I'm sitting across the table from him, and we are sitting there just laying the scripture down, brother. Like, if we were able to fight him, like, in a physical fight, we were laying the smackdown scripture style on And uh, it was it was awesome, because we were doing it in love, where we were loving this guy and showing him that we need to be brothers and get grounded together, get grounded into work, we need to be delivered of the things we need to be delivered from, so we can move into our call. You know, we, and he was getting so pumped up about it. So anyway, there was one point he leans back, and he starts laughing. And like a real just a satanic laugh and a smirk on his face. And he leans forward and he looks at me and he goes, let me ask you a question. Right off, And he looks me straight in the eyes. And he leans forward on the table and he goes, are you willing to die for Christ? And I just put a smile on my face. I leaned forward. I literally got two inches from his face. I looked him straight in the eye. And I said, absolutely. And he looked like he saw himself, a ghost, a demon, in the mirror and freaked out. With his face, he's almost like a facial expression, like he was just heard the most shocking news I could ever tell him. <laughs> and I, 
I was like, praise God. And when we were done, that was something powerful. It's like you could tell that whatever was in him sensed the authority of Christ in the room. Yes. And I was like, praise God. And I was, and that comes with obedience, you know, with uh, not just with me, I mean with anybody. Obedience to God's Word, being in the Word, studying, learning, growing every day. It's your spiritual warfare. And uh, it was so cool to see that this thing was actually pretty scared. So, anyways, we get up to leave, and uh, uh, we go to shake hands, and we say goodbye. And uh, he, but he kept trying to, to negate well, the deliverance of a Christian. He kept trying to say, well, if it's God's will to have me delivered, no, no, no. It is God's will for you to be delivered right now. And he was like, no, no, like, if it's God's will, he's like, and I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I was like, you know what, let's pray for you right now. And he was like, no, 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 let's wait, let's wait. It was almost like a negotiating table. It was almost like when those old movies when you're at a war, and you got one side on one and the other side on the other. And the two captains meet in the middle, the two generals or whatever, the, the two sides, they meet in the middle to negotiate a possible compromise. And we weren't budget. We weren't budget. And this, and, and this whatever, was trying to sway decisions, trying to get us to, to, to compromise, and we would not at all whatsoever. And uh, when we get up to leave, we shake his hand, and I was like, uh, I was like, let's pray. And he didn't want to pray, so and I was we, after we shook. I was like, all right, before I go, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I actually used something that I learned from your show, Omega, and uh, I, I said I bind you and I put you in a cage. <laughs> um, and his face is like, you remember those old cartoons when you're smiling and like. It's like like droopy, like the face smiles all of a sudden it gets like long and the jaw all the way drops down to the floor, <laughs> you know, like that. It was like one of those things, like what type of thing. And he just gave us this funky look and then just stood there and then he like snapped out and goes, thank you so much for coming. And I gave, he gave us a big hug and he goes, I'll talk to you guys when I get out. And it was just laughing the whole way. It was so funny. Dude, um, uh, when you did that, you put that demon called uh, Mania or Manic, uh, what was it, Mania? Mania. Mania in a cage. And it was taken out of commission right there. Folks, so you got that authority in, in the name of Jesus Christ to uh, bind these demons, command them to be caged up in Jesus' name. And what that'll do is that'll give the person, in this case the man they were there and uh, they only had a limited time with, relief. Because that, that demon had just been arrested and put in a cage. And uh, <laughs> it's trapped now. Praise and God. It, will re- it will likely remain there, Johnny, until uh, you get an opportunity to go back and do some further deliverance. You know, it was and, amazing. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Pat Holiday the other night, and she said yes. something to me that was just so profound. And I asked her that question. I'm like, how long do these demons stay in the cage, as it speaks about in the Bible? And she goes, as long as you believe they're, as long as you believe they can. And that lines up so much with the Elijah challenge, because if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, move, and it moves. It's all in your belief, the power of God. Do you really believe God in his word, or are you just playing God? You know, do you really believe what the Bible says, or you don't? You know what I'm saying, Omega? Amen. Praise God. So, anyways, we're going to have a chance to pray for this guy, but here's a, a, a fascinating part of the story. We get out, we get rocked, and we go back outside, and, and Matthew is there, and he's like, you know, John, I'm really not feeling to leave right now. So we're like, all right, well, you know, we can't go back in there, and Matthew's like... I, I, uh, he goes, I just see like this building like falling, you know, like just fall like Joshua. 
So we just start worshiping God, worshiping God, and worshiping God, and it is like an incredible thing that's going on. I mean, we're just worshiping God, and that brings his car over, throws on this old Israel worship music, and we're praising God. And uh, what happened next was very intense, and it was so powerful. Um, Matt starts getting teary-eyed. He's just like, whoa. And we were like, what? And he goes, I just saw a glimpse of all these angels around us, as if we were in the midst of angels. Wow. And almost like, man, we just walked into the psych ward where all these demon-possessed people are that need to be delivered for, for, in the name of Jesus. And we had these angels on us the whole time. And me, Rock, and Matthew were just sitting there firing each other up, talking about the warfare, talking about the spiritual warfare, talking about how these demons are going to be done and how these souls are going to be one. Because that's the important part, that souls are one for God from it. And, you know, that, that we're going to take Saint now, that this is just the beginning of our future. We're just pumping each other up. And, and he, he was describing it as if it's like, it's almost like the angels are there, like, nodding in agreement. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah, like, they're in on this conversation. Like, they're liking this stuff. So we just start worshiping, and we're just chilling. And it, it was such an amazing thing. And then Rock gets a word from Matt and starts speaking a, a scripture verse that Matthew was just reading uh, to him. That, and, and he was explaining, God was using Rock Rico to explain it to him. And then, uh, then what I did was I actually uh, stepped aside, um, and I walked uh, a, a little a little bit away. And I was about 25, 30 feet away, and I just bowed my head, and I started praying for a certain situation in my life. And Matthew just yells at me, and he's like, John, God wants you to know when he starts telling me about Peter. And it has to do with something that I'm dealing with personally right now, which one day I'm going to testify on your show is a victory for God. I promise you that. Yeah. And uh, he starts telling me this stuff. And it touched my heart because I knew that they didn't hear me because I was almost whispering, but I was saying it, and I was praying it, and I was praying it with all my heart. And I figured, well, if I'm in the midst of angels, I was like, God, his presence has got to be watching over what's going on right now. And I was just like, I just wanted to get some one-on-one time with God. And I just started praying to God, and God just told Matt to say this to me, and it touched my heart, man, uh, so much. It just melted me, and it's just like... It's that feeling you get when you're 100% in God's will, that you're doing exactly, you're right at the right place where God wants you to be right now, and you're at the right time of your, of your life for to be at it. And it was the most amazing feeling ever, just to be 100% in God's will. Dude, that's uh, what we all should, should strive for. Um, I mean, you know, when you're in that place, you know, you feel invincible. And, you know, you, know, you are, because uh, <laughs> you know, God, you're in God's perfect will, and uh, he's in total control. And that's when some supernatural uh, breakthroughs start to happen. Well, yeah, man, you know, uh, go ahead, brother. It, you know, I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I just get so fired no. up because I love God with all my heart. I love him so much. He's so amazing. And I can't, I, I'm so gracious and so humble that he chooses me. And I'm just so gracious and humble that he takes the time, well, in our realm of earth, time to talk to us, to share with us, to love us, to be there for us. When people are, are, you know, people will always not be a person of their word. They might do things. They might disappoint you, you know, but God will never do that. And he's always there for you no matter what. And it's such a touching thing, especially when you're going through something. I just want to encourage all the listeners out there right now. When you're going through something, don't quit. Because God never leaves his soldiers in the midst of a battle. And he will see you through it. And not just see you through it to survive, but see you through it for victory. Because God is a God, not of just making a buy. God is the God of restoration. And restoration so abundantly that you will not be able to contain what God has for your life. Man, that's, a, that's such a true word, Johnny. Praise God. Praise and that's God. what he wants to do. He wants, he wants us to be restored. 
and uh, moving his full power. Um, therein is probably a good place to start with the Elijah training. You know, the, uh, yeah. the, the Word of God says that uh, I give you power to cast out demons, to speak in new tongues, to lay yep. hands on the sick. Uh, it talks about mountain-moving faith. Amen. Um, we've been given a pretty awesome uh, arsenal, have we not? Praise God. We have been given the most unbelievable arsenal that has ever been seen on the face of the earth. But the problem is, it's not really seen because most of the people don't believe who God says they are. And it's like when I when I started reading the Bible when I first got saved, brother, uh, I looked at it and I looked at the church and I went, what are we doing? What is going on? What are Christians doing? Because they're not following what this is saying. And when you read the Bible, you see so much spiritual warfare. If you just look at the red words of Jesus Christ, look at the first three red lines of Jesus Christ in Matthew, okay? And then ask yourself, are we following this? You know, are we doing this? Do I believe this? I mean, really believe it. Um, and, you know, you keep going through the Word of God, and you keep going through what, God, what Jesus did as his ministry. Um, you know, you might go, well, I'm a pastor. Well, Jesus did pastor people. You know, but I'm a teacher, but Jesus taught as well. Well, well I'm a yeah. prophet, you know, not an evangelist. No, Jesus prophesied. You see, no matter what your gift is, it's all used to glorify God, to win souls for God. But there's one common thing that we all are called to do, and that is the great commission, to go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, yes. to lay hands on the sick, to cast out devils, to heal, to manifest. This is just the great command of God. When you go out and you're a true believer of Christ, signs and wonders will follow. What is that? You know, what exactly does that mean? So I guess we'll start with the Elijah Child Seminar. And you know what? I'm going to actually have a result. But I want to ask him to testify about for a sec here is a, a story that I was talking about before, and it goes on saying Christians have demons, or be, uh, I'm not going to use the word possessed, but I like your, your definition there. Uh, I think you got from Derek Prince, right? Am I right about that? Uh, Derek Prince said, uh, you know, really the uh, the correct word would probably be demonized because possessed means uh, ownership. And what do you have to say about that? Uh, do, do, do demons own people? I'm sorry, I said it. I said, you know, it, yeah, it revolves around the semantics of the word Possession to possess really um, infers uh, ownership. Yeah. And uh, so he said, you know, prefer the word demonize. Now, what's been your experience with that rock? Well, I just want to set the tone so he knows which exactly thing I'm talking about. It was the first Elijah Challenge seminar. We're doing it in a uh, we're doing it in a warehouse, and what happened was in the midst of this seminar that we're going to go through tonight, God's power just hit the room out of nowhere. And, and people were getting slain, speaking in tongues, and started praising God, singing praises to his name. Insanity happened, and then all of a sudden, it got a little rough. <laughs> yes. And we got our spiritual fists up. So I'm going to let Rodrigo explain what happened when everybody just started manifesting around us, and there was only four or five of us stuff standing. So I'll let Rodrigo go ahead. Um, yeah, so we were in the, in the live challenge string, and then God's power fell on, and then what we randomly see is God's just man, people manifesting. And I remember John, that, uh, was in the, he was in the corner of a room when uh, one of the guys that was demon-possessed actually picked him up and threw him against against the wall. And wow. then um, And then we just started praying and praying, and then this other girl falls down, and then we, we started praying again, and we went for at least to midnight. My mom was calling on the phone, and she was mad that I was late home. But anyways, we just kept on praying, and it was just an awesome experience. Not, I'm sure that not just for me, but for everybody to get... To how, on how Christians can have demons too, and they're, they're not possessed by the demons, but they are controlled. They can be controlled by the demons, and yes. God has definitely given us authority to rebuke 
any kind of infirmity and, and just to set the captives free because the church needs to wake up. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, uh, thank God also for your training in professional wrestling because uh, <laughs> it helps to know how to do some flips sometimes. I think you were telling me a story about some girl, uh, you know, a, a small woman who was on the ground and all of a sudden she lifts her arm and actually superhuman strength hurls you against the wall? Yeah, that was actually what Rodrigo was talking about. When God did the live challenges started hit, all of a sudden one girl went down and started manifesting. The demons just started coming out and yelling like as if we were like lighting it on fire. And then all of a sudden people just started dropping all over the place. And it was me, Rock, it was uh it was me, Rock, it was Heidi, Patty, Joe White and uh Zoe Mortal and uh Esther and we look around, there's like seven other people on the floor, it was like five against like seven, five against eight. And we're like, there's other people to pray. So I remember telling him to Zoe Mortal, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, please don't manifest right now. I'll take care of you later, man, with some prayer. I was like, but I need to pray right now. <laughs> so uh, I go over to this young girl, and uh, she's a great part of our ministry. And praise God for her humble spirit and heart. She's actually in a, in a music ministry right now in a church around here, so praise God for that. So I go over to her, and I go to lay down to, to pray for her and talk to her. And she grabs me by my arm. She actually lifts me in the air, throws me face first into the wall. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, uh, Omega, if it wasn't for my cat-like reflexes, I might not be here today. I tell you, you're probably having flashbacks. You said, Who, uh, you know, I'm, that was, I felt like Hulk Hogan throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> I got up like Ric Flair. I started swinging. I just took a face bump in the middle of the room. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? But anyways, God was so great that night. We were there, and we were battling hours, hours. And uh, it went till all hours of the night, but God was glorious, and we smashed some demons' faces in that night. Glory be to God. Praise um, God. And, that, and that's the thing too. And, and this is the the, the words we, we you know that we use. Um, you know, I I say to people, this is going to be an aggressive takeover of the kingdom uh, of God that's coming back to Him, and we do it with a shout and a yell. Well, after somebody gets delivered or after people get saved. All of us get together and we just shout at the top of our lungs like a victory cry, like Joshua marching around those walls. Because when you shout, you break down those walls and those barriers that are around these people. You shout and you break down the fear and discouragement that Satan is trying to put on you. And you just shout down your walls, go out and preach the gospel like Jesus commanded in the Great Commission. And it was a great thing to see all these people delivered and saved and and, uh, and then now flourish into ministry, the opportunities that are just unbelievable. Um, right now, and and it almost brings it brings tears to my eyes to see how amazing these people are. Praise God! I mean, you know, uh, Jesus sent us to set the captives free, and uh, I mean, He came to set the captives free, and uh, through His servants, uh, that's what our work is to to be, folks, is to go out there and help one another. And there's nothing greater than seeing someone released from the the captivity. That uh, Satan has, you know, had them bound to, and uh, and then see them uh, just, you know, their whole countenance change, uh, and have a whole new lease on life, and then be able to actually get out there and uh, do something for Christ. So, you know, thank God for your boldness. Thank and uh, when we tell you the nitty gritty details, it's not for folks to put any fear in you. Uh, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world, and we are more equipped. Uh, than you think to get out there and battle these hosts of hell. And so you don't have to be frightened. You say, well, man, I don't want to be thrown against the wall. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you, you, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what was doing. I walked over there and she picked me up and threw me into a wall. 
<laughs> you know, and then I was like, oh. Oh, one of these. Oh, I said. Oh, when Worley said it, he said, you know, hey, uh, you, you learn after a while. He said, you know, they'll manifest to be like a, a tiger. And he said, you just have to learn the distance of how far they can reach out and, you know, get you with the claw and, you know, just be back a little bit further. But, yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, it's uh, it's hardcore, folks, but somebody's got to do it. And so, you know, uh, praise God. And if uh, you'll get out there in obedience, God will equip you. To yeah, be able to do it. He, he definitely will equip you, no doubt about it. And the other thing is, too, is just like, you know, as you learn and grow, your spiritual warfare becomes more. And it's so evident in, in every part. I mean, if you're listening right now and you might, it might not even be safe, um, uh, or you might be laughing at this right now while, while you're looking at the computer screen uh, or just sitting back and listening, um, you know, if you're struggling with something and you try to everything, uh, and you have to turn to drugs to do it. Um, the reason why you're like that is not because you lost drugs out of your body. The reason why you're like that is because something is coming after you. And you might even know friends and family and go, man, my, my cousin's suicidal. My cousin's addicted to this. My father is, is abusive. Uh, my, you know, my, 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 my spouse is a sex addict. You know, they're not like that because they want to be like that. You know, they they want to be free. They want to be a free person of God. Now, I mean, don't you? And if you tried everything else, why not try this? Praise God. So, all right, let's get into the Elijah Challenge seminar here. Uh, I know we're cutting down on the time, but I want to be able to bless you guys. Tonight. We got uh, we got plenty of time. We got a buffer zone, also, brother. And uh, actually, before you do that, uh, for those that are just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Pastor Johnny Oba. And Rock Rodrigo with Army for God. And uh, go ahead and give out your websites again, folks, brothers. Absolutely. It's uh, www.armyforgod.com. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited. I think the uh, the green tea is kicking in, and I've got my shofar out. So uh, I might get excited and blow it tonight. Uh, but uh, I'm going to turn it back over to you, brother. Go for it. <laughs> Anytime you feel to blow that shofar, my friend, just go for it. Right? Praise God. <laughs> When you said get out there and shout, uh, I, all of a sudden it came back, you know, uh, marching around the walls of Jericho, shouting, blowing the shofar, and the uh, the walls came down. So that's what we're to do, folks. Amen. Amen. And the, listen, for it, Christianity is a very abnormal thing, and we, uh, 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 but it's a very amazing thing. It's a, it's a supernatural thing, and supernatural things are, are very weird to the world, but we move in this power because God has commanded us to. Yes. Remember, if, if they hate you, they hated me first. You know, when they spit on you and laugh at you, they spit on Jesus and laugh at him too. When you're, you know, whatever happens, just put a smile on your face because God is going to bring you completely through it. And he is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And uh, we always have the victory. So just do everything with a smile on your face. Amen. Praise God. All right. Yeah, that's the other thing. So I want everybody listening right now to smile on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three, smile. And I know some of you weren't smiling, but we're going to try this again. You ready? One, two, three, smile. Beautiful. Okay, this is why I want you to smile, because God loves you, and he's going to use you to do great and mighty things. And hopefully we're going to sh- uh, shed some light on that. But you know what? That's what this world is missing. God is robbing the, uh, Satan is robbing the joy from this world, and God's going to put it back in. So we as Christians got to start smiling as we're smacking things around. All right, what is the Great Commission? That's where we're going to start. The first thing is the Great Commission says, we need to win the loss. The second thing is we've got to disciple them. The third is baptize them. And the fourth is to teach them. That's in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All right? One is to win the loss. You know how many churches that I've been to that don't even have an evangelism program, brother? How many? Hundreds. Hundreds. I bet. 
hundreds. They, they don't even go on the streets to evangelize. Number one, win the lost, then disciple them. If you're not getting new converts into a church, then, then how can you disciple them? Amen. Let alone baptize them, let alone teach them uh, with the Word of God, with the Scriptures, and then also do great uh, radio shows like this, where you can turn in and listen and, 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 and put some meat back on the spare man's body, just like your uh, intro <laughs> says, right? That's right. So why has this church failed to complete this command after 2,000 years? The first thing is complacency. The number one thing is complacency. Everybody's comfortable with where they're at. Do you know that I did a poll, I did a, 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 and I found out that over 70% of the people in the church do not know what the Great Commission is. Absolutely. <clears throat> and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Evangelism? Uh, do you hand out tracks? What's a track? Uh, have you ever went out into your neighborhood and knocked on a door? Uh, no, yeah. I thought just the Jehovah Witness do that. I mean, look, folks, we've got it all backwards. That should right. be our job. Go That's for it, brother. Right. That's right. Amen, brother. Listen, we're going to talk back and forth here on Omega when we do this. I, I like to get your input in, and we get, and this is how we bless each other, too. So, all right, number two is, is lack of holiness and obedience. See, this is where I believe the church is extremely messed up. Um, and as a whole, again, not every church is bad. There's some great churches and great men and women of God, and I hate to paint the brush of the church in one general swipe, but when the world is looking so bad, I believe the world is in the exact state of that is because it's a, the world is an exact reflection of the church body in America right now. Yes. And because the church is so weak is why the world is so, so gone crazy. Because if we as Christians knew who we were, we would not allow Satan to take God's land and God's people like this. Preach it. And, and number two is a lack of holiness and a lack of obedience to God. You see, a lot of churches, there's either one way left or one way right. It's either no love and you're a sinner and you either repent or you're going to hell, or God loves you no matter what's going on. You just keep living your life, believe in God, and you'll be okay. There's no medium. There's no middle ground. There's no love with truth. And that's the thing. You have to have tact in the way you speak to the people. If I said, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you will burn in hell when you die. That is a true statement uh, uh, according to the Word of God. But you don't go around knocking on people's doors telling them, you will burn in hell if you don't submit to Jesus Christ. It doesn't work that way. You will never win somebody for Christ that way. It needs to be done in love, because as obviously as 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you do not have love, you do not have anything. Yes. Anything. So we have to get this safe ground, the safe middle point as a person. Watch the way your words are. See, I'm very harsh like that. I say things uh, sometimes very abrupt to somebody, and somebody will take it the wrong way. And I tell everybody that I come in contact with, every time I preach, I say the same thing. I go, you know what, listen, I love every single one of you, and I want to get that out there right now because I probably will step on your toes tonight. Uh, what I advise you to do is just either go with it or wear some steel toe shoes or something like that <laughs> because – because I love you enough to tell you the truth, and I'm going to do this in as much love as possible, but if I offend you, I apologize, but I will risk our friendship to save your soul. Amen. I'm willing to do that. So, all right, so the next thing is fear and doubt. Can I do this? Am I able to move in this power that God says I had, that God put on Elijah? Is that possible? Or, 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 is, this some, or is this some joke? I mean... I mean, is it some fantasy? And that's the thing we have to separate from. And this is what, this is what the answer should be when, say, when somebody asks, what separates you from every other religion out there? What separates you from every other belief system out there? What separates Christians from everything else? 
is we move in the power of God because God lives within us, not around us, within us. Amen. And we can move in the power of God, and prayers do get answered with faithful men and women of God who pray and fast and lay hands and, 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 and free up the brethren and then move them into their call in life in God. And the last one is a lack of training. And that goes back to also lack of obedience because there's no training and there's no teaching because there's no evangelism or the church is scared to teach the truth because yes. they want to scratch somebody's itch. They want to give them what they want. They want to, they, they want to just you know, tell them what they want to hear. And that's how people grow. I mean, if you want to call a church, you can, but I don't call a church, brother. I call it a good motivational talker, you know, to make you happy for the day. See, what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is everlasting peace, joy that comes from heaven, eternal joy that comes from God, where, you know what, no matter what happens in your life, whether you have $50 million every hour coming in your bank account, or whether you haven't had a dollar in two weeks, that you love God with all your heart, and you Amen. can smile no matter what. Praise God? Praise God. Amen. So the lack of training and the lack of teaching equals a lack of demonstration of God's power to the lost because we don't know who we are in God. And I'm going to challenge you tonight to learn about who you are in God. And we're going to change this right now. Yes, amen. Praise God. Praise All the Lord. Right. So we're going to restore, and this is the whole thing, the Elijah challenge is the restoration of power and boldness to the church body. All right? And these are going to be things from the choir. So I want everybody to get a little checklist out. And you can do a mental checklist, or if you want, you can take out a little pen and paper. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to ask yourself if you're willing to do these things. Uh, the first one is it's going to require you to go up far out of your comfort zone. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. People don't like going out of their comfort zone, do they, do they Omega? No, sir. Some you people don't like to leave so their city and never go out of the city limits. That's right. And, and some people like to stay in that little box that they've been taught their whole life about what Christianity really is and not dig deeper into the scriptures to learn the warfare that we're going to need to know, especially in these last days that we're living in. Yes. The second thing is, is when you do, you will be used in ways you have never thought possible. Are you ready for that? And the third thing is, not all will step out of the boat and successfully or obey the Lord's commands. Not everybody's going to do this. And that's okay. You have to be okay with that, and you just got to know who you are in God and be the example. How many Elijahs are there? One. How many King Jehus are there? One. You know, all these men of God, how many Moses are there? One. And how many you are out there? One. But God has a plan and destiny for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And what we need is training, and we need the truth of God, and that's through the Word of God. Yes. Malachi 4.5 says, See, I will send you with a prophet Elijah before that great and before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. What does that mean? I mean, you think about. It, I mean, if you read the Bible, you'll see that this power and spirit of Elijah has passed from generation to generation to generation before all these great moves of God. It started out with Elijah, then it turned to a double portion on Elisha, and then after Elisha, it trickled all the way down and went on to John the Baptist before Jesus came to the earth. And it's going to come on to us Christians again in the last days as it speaks about Revelation before the great and dreadful day of the Lord again. Yes. Amen? Amen. Here's a prophecy for John the Baptist in Luke one seventeen, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Are you ready to go out and prepare a people that is ready for when the Lord comes? Are they ready now? I don't think so. I don't think they're ready to go to work tomorrow morning, let alone when God comes back. No, sir. 
Amen, brother. Luke 3 3 says that he went into all the country preaching to Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. And there's one of those big, dirty Christian words, brother repentance. Repentance. It's such an evil word right now in the church and throughout the world. If you say the word repent to anybody around you, they get this look on their face like, who are you to judge me? And what we got to do as Christians is we got to do a better job of showing everybody what the word repentance really means like. And what I mean by that is not saying it as a negative connotation, like you better repent. But what the truth about it is, is that repentance, I tell somebody, listen, wouldn't you like to know how you can get rid of that depression, that suicide thought? And when you wake up every morning, you can put a smile on your face and really mean it and really be happy. Isn't that, wouldn't you want that? See, God gave us this amazing gift that if we just turned away and put our eyes focused on him, turned completely away from our sin, and moved towards God and just trust him with our whole entire life, that he will set us free from all those things. And that word is repentance. Yes. And you see, when you explain repentance like that, it's like, I could, I could do that. Like, that sounds right. I could believe, I could do that. And you would explain that, but listen, repentance, sometimes it's not easy, but God gives us the grace of repentance, the gift of repentance. And when you get around solid men and women of God who will walk with you, everything is possible through God. Everything is possible through God. And you explain to them the power in that, and the power of repentance, and how amazing repentance is. And the spirit and power of Elijah is going to appear again during these last days that are going to precede the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, brother, uh, repentance... Is more than just saying, you know, I'm sorry. Repentance means to change, folks. Amen. It's not just to make a, a verbal confession and, you know, say you're sorry because anybody can do that. But do you really mean it? And do you mean it enough to actually change, or are you just going to go back and do the same thing again? And, exactly. you know, then just say, I'm sorry again. And, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, something that you've done and, you know, you're repenting uh, to God, or. If maybe someone has offended, you know, you've offended somebody, and uh, you know you've got now some bitterness and a grudge, you need to go up there and say, "I'm, you know, I'm sorry to you. Would you please forgive me?" So I mean, you know, there's it, it goes both ways there, but uh, you know that is a prerequisite. Prerequisite. I bind that demon of tongue tie right now, in Jesus. It's a prerequisite uh, to forgiveness from God is to repent. Uh, I just thought I would throw that in. Go ahead. Praise God. No, you listen, you throw anything in because this is, I like, I like the, the, the conversation back. And, and I forth. want you all to listen intently out here, folks, because at any moment I may blow this shofar. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Praise God. Let's keep going, brother. Praise God. So everybody listening out there, I want to ask you something. Do you want the spirit and power of Elijah to come upon you the way it came yes. upon Elijah? I mean, you might go, well, what is that? So let's get into the nature of the spirit that God gave Elijah. Let's turn to First Kings uh, 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Amen. But the people said nothing. See, the, 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 the servants of Baal were backslidden Israel. This is Israel, believers in God, who have turned away from the Lord and started serving these false gods. So he's challenging them. He gets right in their grill. I mean, think about this. this put the, close your eyes and picture this. And I want you to picture you in the place of Elijah. And all you see around you is 300 witch doctors, sorcerers, mediums all over the place uh, who are worshiping false idols in God, and you're all by yourself. No support, no brother, just you and God, brother or sister. 
you and God, and you go, do not waver between two opinions. If, if, if Baal is your God, you serve him. But if the Lord is God, you will serve him. Right yes. to their face. Right just like that. He challenged these servants. In verse eight, then in verse 24, chapter 18, it says, Then you call on the name of, the, of, of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And he, I like that because he makes it a point. He calls them, you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The yes. Lord. And then he says, the God who answers by fire, he is God. And then all the people said, all right, bro, what you say is good, man. It's all good. So would the church be so bold today? Would you be so bold today? How many people, how many Christians do you know will stand in the face of an unbeliever and say, listen, whatever you believe in, or, or say to a Muslim, listen, you call in the name of Allah, and I'll call in the name of Jesus, and whatever one answers by fire. Amen. Do you, do you have the faith? Because Elijah knew for a fact. See, he didn't just say that hoping God would send some fire from heaven. He knew that God would send some fire from heaven. Amen? Amen. All right, verse 36, it says, At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. And you see, what happens here is, is that all the servants of Baal oh, were sitting there just calling out to their God. They ended up knocking over Elijah's altar. Elijah's getting all mad. I mean, they, and, and you want to talk about a satanic scene. I want you to picture this. All these people started, like, just shouting, yelling weird tongues, rolling on the floor. And then they started picking up knives and cutting themselves. Wow. Picture the scene. And Elijah's sitting there almost like mocking him. And then Elijah fixes his altar, gets it all back together, then pours water on it just to make some extra kick in the, in the face of their false god. And he prays that prayer. He prays that prayer before them as all of them are sitting there cut, believing, completely being used by Satan. And then it says, as soon as he prayed, right after that it says in verse 38, then the fire of the Lord, then, not later, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood of the stones and the soil, and also lit the water up in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried. They fell right in their face. And they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I challenge you guys, and what I challenge all of you guys, is that you would be so bold tonight, that you would get so filled with that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the Spirit and the power of Elijah goes through the radios, Father God, just blast people right in the face with the anointing, Father yes. God, that was on Elijah, Lord God. Father God, I pray right now that under the voice, Father God, that supernatural healing would take place in the name of Jesus, Father God. I see somebody's left knee right now in the name of Jesus. I command the left knee of a woman to pop back into place right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I command that life to be healed. In the name of Jesus, Father God. Yes. Praise God. Would you be so bold today, church? And we're going to get that praise before, before the show's over. Before the show, you're going to see the woman's felt to pop, and then it's starting to get extremely hot on her left knee. And she's going to praise God, and we're going to get that praise report before the show. Praise God. So will, you be so, will you be so powerful, church? Will you be so powerful and believe in your God that when you do the things according to the Word of God, according to the will of God, that God will show up and not leave you or forsake you. Yes. Praise God. The spirit of Elijah is the spirit of boldness. It is the spirit of power, and it is the spirit of God. Sorry, I'm sorry, but dude, I get so pumped up, man. I'm going to start flying here in a second. Brother, praise God. This is the, this is <laughs> live radio, folks, and uh, I'm excited. 
Praise God, man. Praise God to the Lord, brother. The Lord desires to raise up a generation of mighty Elijahs. And my question is to you, will you be one of them? Because God is looking to use you, like I said before, in ways that you will never even believe. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, it says, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? He already knew he was going. And Elisha so boldly said, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. A double portion. And then in verse 10 it says, You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, wow. not. He said that because he wanted to know if he believed. Do you believe? Yes. If you see it, you'll get it. Yes. And that's, what I, that's my challenge to you also. I'm going to challenge you a lot tonight. And when he says, if you see it, do you see with your physical eyes or do you see with your spiritual eyes? When God says to just walk by faith and not by sight, do you see your destiny in God? Or do you see by what everybody else is telling you or by, your, or by the circumstances around you? Are you defined by your sin? Are you defined by your circumstances? Or do you live out of who God says you are? Amen, brother? Amen. All right, Second Kings chapter 2, verse 11. And as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind, in a whirlwind. And in Second Kings chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Then he had took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Look at this, picture this. He goes up, his cloak falls down. Elijah picks it up and strikes the water with it and says, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, yes? And as soon as he struck the water with the cloak that was on Elijah's body, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Immediate, immediate power. The company of the prophets from Jericho were watching and said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. It was resting on Elisha. Elisha's new anointing was confirmed with a demonstration of God's power. He confirmed that Elisha had gotten that spirit by demonstrating to the prophets from Jericho that it is on him with a demonstration of God's power. These Elijahs will raise up even greater Elishas for the end times. Amen, brother. I'm getting Amen. I am getting pumped up. You see, Jesus Christ used the same approach to prove that he was the Son of God. And I just want to say, again, I'm going to get my website out real fast, because if you go to the website, www.armforgod.com, um, you can actually view some of these uh, sessions that are on tape, because there's a lot of slides we do. we got a lot of funny stuff, as well as a lot of demonstrating. And you'll see uh, the training that we do on there. When we train the Christians to, in the belief and in the power of Elijah, you'll see people getting healed, people getting saved, people getting delivered. It's all on the website under the videos link at uh, www.armyforgod.com. So I just want to throw that out there real fast. <laughs> All right. You know, the first uh, time around, Satan came and stole the keys from Adam. Yes. And, you know, mankind was in captivity. Jesus Christ came back, set the captives free, and gave us the keys, folks. The keys of the kingdom. Right. Binding and loosing. And he gave us the authority to get out there and lay hands on the sick. He told Amen. us to preach the gospel. He gave us uh, the gifts of the Spirit, like speaking in tongues, power for service. And folks, uh, as we had a testimony last night, Scott Lathrop went over to uh, Siberia, and they put a dead baby in his arms. And he said he freaked out. He looked at the baby, it, it, it turned blue, and he just he went into like an armadillo position, he said, <laughs> cradled that, and just started praying, and 
and the breath and the breath of God came back in that child. That Amen, child was bro. raised from the dead. Praise God. He handed it back and then he ran out the back. <laughs> he was <laughs> <laughs> and let me ask you something, brother. Was that done in the name of Muhammad or Allah? That was Jesus Christ. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't Hindu, it wasn't the Hindu gods. No, sir. It they wasn't some god Allah either. They, they didn't A jump around, god. start cutting themselves over the baby's body. No, sir. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you want to know why? Because our God we serve, brother, is a real God, and He's out there for real. Now, a lot of people say, go, man, this is so deep, and this is so crazy, and this is so intense, and listen, I agree. Trust me, I wish Adam just didn't eat the fruit to begin with. That would have been the easiest thing that could have possibly happened, and we could have been living all glory this whole time, and I'd be going through this nonsense. But since he didn't, see, I always said this, brother, if it was an apple that Adam had eaten, I think I should have been the first man ever created, because I'm allergic to apples. And when Eve <laughs> And when Eve would have offered me an apple, I would have been, listen, Eve, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm allergic. And we'd be okay right now. Not because I'm greater than Adam. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a sinner, a CR that was saved by the grace of God myself. But I'm allergic to apples, bro, so it wouldn't have worked with me. No dice, Eve. No dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, praise God. Praise God for this. This is great. I know people are getting healed and saved tonight. I believe it. It's going to happen. Jesus, John. Chapter 20, verse 30, Jesus and many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. John 20, verse 31 says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. Not because God's putting on a magic show for Christians. He's doing this that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, did he prove it? Of course he did Right. Luke 7.20, when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect somebody else? And this is what he did. He didn't answer with words. In verse 21, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and, here we go, evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. Yes. That is so profound, bro. Luke 7.21 they asked God if he's the Messiah, the one that was prophesied over, and right away he healed the sick and he delivered people. This is his immediate response to people asking if he was God. He healed the sick and he delivered people. Amen. And then he tells them, uh, and, oh, uh, so we replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. So he didn't have to explain the theology of himself, and he didn't have to explain the theology of the creation of God. He just proved it by showing who, who he was. And then he goes, just go back and tell John what you saw and heard. And the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. I mean, look at this. I mean, uh, ask yourself, because when I asked myself, bro, I was like, man, I, I don't see the church moving in this. I don't see the blind receiving sight always, and the lame walking, and leprosy cured, and death hearing, and the dead are being raised, and the good news is preached. I, I, I mean, we can't even do the good news being preached part, you know, uh, consistently, let alone raising the dead. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 37. I know there's a lot of scripture, but listen, I mean, I, I'm only a messenger of Christ tonight, and I just got to give you his words. I'm just trying to show you, the, the, uh, you know, what God is saying and what God is trying to say to you. So, John 10, 37, do not believe me unless I do what my Father does. And John 10, 38, but if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe the miracles, that you may know and understand the Father is in me, and I in the Father. Yes. Listen, even if you don't believe the words I say, just believe in what I'm doing, that God is really in me. 
pretty much what he's saying there. And then uh-huh. plus, uh, John 10, 25 says, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. Jesus healed the sick to prove that he was, in fact, the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Savior for us, so that we can get to heaven. Jesus Christ was a priest, he was a prophet, and he was a king. He was the king of kings, praise God. And the three offices of the body of Christ are the priestly office, the prophetic office, and the kingly office. And we're going to go focus on the restoration of, of a particular aspect of the kingly office to, to the church tonight. The kingly office uses authority for the purpose of enforcing the rule of the king. And that's what we're going to do. We are the son of the king with the king living in us. So when we speak, it is no longer John speaking. When we speak in the name of Jesus, it is Jesus speaking. The same thing with the women. So you're casting out a devil. Trust me, bro, uh, if we think that it's us doing it, man, we've got to start from the beginning again because we missed it. We missed the whole boat, brother. Yes. So uh, the kingly office can be for war and for destroying the works of the enemy. And the testimony of David is an amazing part. And I love, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, my friends, my favorite stories. 1 Samuel 17, 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This is the day that I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. The ball that Goliath had here. This is the day that you defy the ranks of Israel? And on the hearing of the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites, get this, were terrified and dismayed. This guy stands up, this giant, and says, this is the day that I will defy God's people. Wow. And what do God's people do? They run. They run. And that takes us back to Elijah. Because listen, remember that story we were just talking about with Elijah standing in front of 300 witch doctors and 300 you know, sorcerers and witchcrafts, and, and he just had called down the fire from heaven, brother, and, and he just defeated all these servants and all these people who just got saved and healed, and God's power was running. And guess what happened next? Here comes Jezebel. One woman comes to Elijah, and Elijah turns and runs and hides. Listen, folks. Elijah was a man, and he was flesh, just like me and you. He has our ups and has our downs. Elijah just watched fire from heaven come down and lick up a sacrifice at the command of his voice through the power of God. And Jezebel makes him run away and hide and pray for his death. For his death. So anyway, let's get back to 1 Samuel. I just said that story because you can be used like Elijah was used. You can be used in the spirit and power of Elijah that was resting on Elijah. Now, remember, when I say the spirit and power of Elijah, and it's the same thing when you hear the spirit of Jezebel, this is not uh, uh, a Jezebel ghost flying around and just loving on you. This is the the demonic possession that was was controlling Jezebel, the the, the spirit of God that was on Elijah, that anointing that Elijah used and, and, and put so well, just happened to be named after them, and that's how he and, and this spirit can fall on you. It's the Holy Spirit that Elijah mastered. Mastered, yes. yet so frail at the same time, which is awesome. Because you know what? There's times in my life when I'm so down now, and I go, how could you possibly use me? You know, and then I look at, I look at Elijah and go, man, he was in a, in a cave praying for his death. That's right. 
So then, all right, after uh, the, 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 the children of Israel were terrified and dismayed, Jesse then instructed his son David to get his brothers. In 1 Samuel 17, 23, it says, And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out. And I love how they use the word champion in that. He's a champion of Philistines from Goth. Stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. The reason why I love the word champion so much, when you think of a champion, you think of the best. Am I correct? And, and, and you, when you think, look at the Old Testament, you see all these wars. God is trying to give us a visual here. What was made in the physical in, in the Old Testament became spiritual in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we were physically giving up sacrifices for, for, for our sin, for peace offerings, for love offerings, for sin atonement, all this stuff. We were physically doing these things. And then Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, made an ultimate sacrifice that turned everything from the physical to the spiritual. We don't have to kill calves and burn them anymore. We just have to believe in Jesus. His yes. blood washes us clean. Yeah. So all these physical wars that are going on are still happening in the spiritual. But the problem is, the Israelites, they're not even running away. They don't even know what war is going on right now. <laughs> they're yes. getting shot, killed, they're getting their dreams were destroyed. They're getting their lives wrecked and ruined. They have no idea what's going on. No idea. And the Bible, the scripture is so clear. This is so clear. And Goliath represents the champion from God. That's like the champion from hell stepping in your face saying, I will destroy you, you child of God. And in 1 Samuel 17, 24, when the Israelites saw the man, they all now ran from him in great fear. They, now they're running away. And the little David asked the men saying near him, what will be done for the man who kills, uh, David asked the men saying, yeah, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine or removes this disgrace from Israel? By the way, this guy calls him a disgrace. Little David. And then he goes, this is, this is my favorite line. Bro, I love this line. I'm telling you. I got, I'm getting this line actually planted on a, 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 a wood um, frame that I'm putting in my, in my place very soon. It's getting, it's getting made right now. This is what David says. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? <laughs> who, is, who do you think you are? Yeah. You have all these soldiers who look like soldiers, who act like soldiers, who are all tough. And there's David. There's David. Who do you think you are? And then right away, uh, this is awesome, First Samuel 17.45, he goes, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. And this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Amen? Amen. Amen, brother. I want to shout right now, bro. I'm going to raise a shout right now. Who do you think you are? You see, this is what I'm going to do, and I just see this as like a, almost like a talk between a Christian and Satan and those demons that are in your life. Who do you think you are taking my wife away from me? Who do you think you are making me poor? Who do you think you are making me think that I want to kill myself? See, today, not tomorrow, today, I will give the carcasses of you over to the birds in the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole entire world, because of what you did, Satan, will be turned around and thrown in you, and the whole world will know that there is a God of Israel. Yes. That there is a God of Israel. And how would the church today evaluate David's spirituality? 
I, I mean, I had these people don't have a clue. They'd be like, who is this guy? I said, I will come against you. I will do this and I will do that. No, listen, if you think, like I said before, if you think it's you, you're in big trouble and you need to just crack that open, Bible open, turn to page one and read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Because that's where yes. you need to start from, to be quite honestly. Uh, because it has nothing to do with you. Nope. The reason why David's so confident is not because of himself, brother. It's because of the God in him. Yes. And, and we got to stop, okay, we got to get over what people think. I don't care if people say, John, who do you think you are? You're not God. Listen, I know my God, stupid. I serve a God who lives in me. That's right. And God says that whatever, uh, we're going to get into this. We'll say we'll see what God says about this, but praise God, man. Praise God. Uh, verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer, now this is what, and this is, man, uh, man, I might shout, I might shout, I might shout, I might wake the whole neighborhood up here, because listen to this, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, as the demon in your life, people, moves closer and attacks harder, this is what David did, it says David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, quickly, he moved toward the battle line, picture this in your head. He sits there and declares his word over the, over Goliath, probably infuriating him. Goliath gets mad and starts running towards him with great fury, and that could be a scary sight. And Christians, listen, when you make a declaration of God like, for instance, Jesus Christ commit to my heart as my Lord and Savior, oh man, Satan gets mad. <laughs> and his demons, they get mad too. They get mad at Then they watch you. They go, all right, will this person just be one of those Christians that sit on, them, on their hands? Or will they get up and actually read the Word of God and do what the Bible says? And then you start learning the Bible, learning who you want Christ. You start moving the power, and then you start building God's kingdom. By going out and leading people to Christ. By setting the captives free through deliverance. And by yes. healing the sick and curing the many. And now Satan gets mad. And now the demons will turn towards you and fly and run and crawl and swim towards you at a great fury. And when you're going through these struggles in your life, and it may look real tough, and it may feel real tough, then you can't run away like the other Israelites did. You've got to be like David, and you've got to run quickly toward the battle line head on. Yes. Head on. And these are some characteristics of this kingly office. The authority to command, because kings do not beg or ask. Jesus Christ will not beg or ask anything. We are at Jesus Christ's command. We are, another characteristic of the kingly office is boldness and fearlessness. And the best part is, picture yourself like if you were in fifth grade and you had that bully that was always picking you up and you got the really tough big brother. You just want to say whatever you want to that big bully because you got your big brother right behind your back. That's right. Are you scared? No. Because if this guy comes after you, your big brother's going to kick his butt. And you can do the same thing to Satan. Listen, you declare, you heal, you cast out, and Satan tries to do anything, don't worry about it. God's got you back. God's yes. got you back. And the last one is, you actually have power to destroy the enemy, the enemies or the works of the enemy. You actually have power to cast these demons out of people. You actually have power to deliver yourself. You actually have power to heal the sick. You actually have power to, to build the kingdom of God. You actually have power to run towards your enemy head on. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, brother. Amen. And from this, we've seen amazing, amazing miracles from this. Amazing signs and wonders. And I'm sure William Wow gave great testimony of all the people and the Muslims getting saved overseas and all that stuff, but uh, over in India. I mean, like, amazing things were happening. But the question is, why can't this happen in the USA? 
Why can't this happen here? And the thing is, it is. And it's coming real fast. We had a senior in, in a high school uh, over here at Hills West who we pray over, and she, she could never walk without the, her crutches. And we prayed over her, and she, for the first time in her entire life, was able to lift the crutches off the air and walk on her own two feet. Wow. And I'm going to read a quick little paragraph, um, a quick little paragraph as she wrote me a testimony of this, of this time. This is what she said. She goes, I have been abundantly blessed by God's strength and grace. I am physically getting much stronger, and although I have always had the strength to take some steps, I can now take them with more ease. It's like the Holy Spirit just fills me. I felt like God was in my body filling me and exciting me to walk. That was an email she sent me. We've had people get their eyesight completely restored on the street. We've seen knee sockets get popped back into place. We've seen vertebrae. We had a, this, was, this was a great story, brother, and I, I know you and the listeners will be brushed by this. We yes. were actually at wrestling training one night, okay? And this is when God, this is right after the training, and uh, God moved so fast, and it was like God literally testing us. It was the next day after the first live challenge training. The craziness broke loose. We're doing the wrestling training. Now, some of the wrestlers were saved Christians. Others are not. And one of them was an atheist. One of the, uh, one of the guys, the father there, did not believe in God. And he, he made it pretty sure that he, that he hated God <laughs> uh, while he was there. And he goes to the and he's limping in, as he always runs in. And, and one of the wrestlers dislocated his kneecap, and you could actually see the bone popping through the side of the skin. Uh, it was a real bad dislocation of his knee. So we're ready to call the ambulance and get him to the hospital. And uh, me and Rock just kind of look at each other, and Rock's like, bro, we should just pray for him. We just do this training. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And uh, we literally, so I turned all the wrestlers, like, I want everybody to watch. This is exactly what I said. I said, everybody, everybody, I want you to watch this, because the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth is going to yes. pop this new packet back into place. And once he does, I want you all to submit your lives to him. Wow. Because the, the God of Israel is real. This is exactly what was said. <laughs> so I turned around, and I laid my hands on him. I go, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command this leg to be popped back into place. And I took it off, and nothing happened. So I'm like, what? Oh. And, and I took the Rodrigo, and everybody's like looking. And I'm like, I don't believe enough right now. So me and Rock was like, hold on. And me and Rock just bowed our heads and started praying. We started getting the spirit, and all of a sudden, we started to flow in the spirit, man. We started, I started speaking in tongues. Everybody's like, well, what is going on here? Uh, and we laid our hands on this guy's vertebrae. And we started, I mean, on his knee, knee socket. And we started praying. Me and Rodrigo had our hands on. And we started praying in the name of Jesus. We command this knee to pop back into place. And in that moment, bro, we felt a pop in his kneecap. And the kid jumped back up on both his oh. legs. Praise God. And it was an amazing sight. And everybody's like, what is going on here? And I was like, the God of Israel. We were like, literally, God is real. The God of yes. Israel is real. He is a living God. And he wants you to trust he wants you to serve him. He wants you to give your life to him. And then yes. we went over to the atheist guy, and um, we went over to him, and we were like, and God wants to heal you too. And he's like, I actually have, he, he goes, uh, pinched nerves, and he had a separated vertebrae in his back. He had a vertebrae that was just slit. It was slid into one of his nerves. It was dislocated, and he was barely able to walk. And uh, I get up, and, and I get him up, and me and Rodrigo stand there. And me and Rodrigo start praying over his back in the command that David prayed in. In the name of Jesus, we command by the authority of Christ that is in us, that this vertebrae possibly in it. And we just start going and praying. And as we're praying, he's just like, whoa. I'm like, and, we're, and we're like, what? He's like, my back is so hot right now. So wow. hot. 
and we just keep going, and we just keep going. And literally, you could feel, like, things moving under his back and everything like that. And I was like, bend over right now. This guy could barely walk. And I'm like, bend over right now when you raise up your heels. And he's, like, looking at me, like, <laughs> he's like, see, I was like, bend over right now, because when you rise, you are healed. And the guy bends over, touches his toes, gets up, turns his back, tests it out, completely restored back to normal. No damage in any part of his vertebrae, no damage in any part of his nerves. Praise God. And, and it was, it was, under, so he starts literally jumping up and down, and he starts running back and forth. And it was such an amazing thing, and, and he was incredible. He started going to church, bro. He said, wow. this is how you put people in church. You demonstrate God's power. Amen. He hated God, and now he loves God, because he didn't believe in God, and nobody would show him how real God is. Amen? And Christians Amen. need to have this belief and win people to the loss of this. We had eyesight being completely restored. We had dead legs. This one man in, in, in Queens in New York over here had a completely dead leg, and he couldn't move it, bend it in. It was just a limp leg. And we prayed over it in the name of Jesus, and we had him at, at, in about 10 minutes, as the power of God rushed through him, and, and uh, God had instructed me to command him to march like a soldier. And he was literally marching like a soldier around the church for the rest of the service with both his legs going on. Wow. God Man. is a great God. Yes. Cancer has been healed. Lumps until the neck has been, has, has been gone. I mean, come on, people. Do you want to be in on this move of God? I mean, do you yes. want to be a part of this or do you want to miss the boat? Do you want to be in, or do you want to be out? Do you want to watch God's people go, or do you want to be a part of this? Everybody, everybody has a place in building the kingdom of God. Everybody. Yes. See, our approach to healing is specific to the task. Now, this isn't the gift of healing. Uh, this is different from what we're teaching. The gift of healing is out of the priestly authority, uh, where, you know, you gather with a bunch of believers and you're praying for a brother to be healed. We're talking about the direct authority of the kingly authority to command, to command. Yes. Uh, which we'll call. However, there's something even more foundational than even the gift of healing for ministering to the church as well as deliverance. Uh, healing is fit to demonstrate to the lost that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Our task here is to minister healing in the context of proclaiming the gospel to the lost, just as Christ and his early disciples did. Therefore, we will first study how Christ ministered healing to the sick in the gospels. So we've got to examine how Jesus did it. We've got to examine the way he moved. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to follow Jesus' footsteps, amen? Yes. All right, yeah. Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain. What do you think proclaiming liberty to the captains means, brother? To proclaim free. liberty to the captives. It means to uh, set them free from the prison that they're in. Amen. Amen. And what are these things? And, and if you don't set prisoners free, they're kind of useless behind those bars, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, if, if one of them is a big CEO of a company, he kind of can't do his job when he's locked up in a, in a prison cell. That's right. You kind of got to frame. See, this is all throughout the scriptures, people. All throughout the scriptures, my friend. Luke 4.14 says, when Jesus returned, when Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. What is this power of spirit? How did Jesus minister to the sick after he was anointed with this power of the spirit? And then he went down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Christians, is the church today word? Is it with authority? 
I don't think so. Not no. curses that I've seen. To me, it's just, you know, like I said, scratching people's itch, making people feel good. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you want to hear anything, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even things that make people feel good, listen, if you say to just to make them happy for the time, what does that do if it's not truth? You just well, the, uh, Some of these uh, pips in the pulpit have one finger uh, tickling the itchy ears and the other in their pocket, taking your <laughs> wallet. I had to add that. You're right. You're right. That's, that's exactly what they do. And it's a shame. And there's no power in it. And I believe that in these days that we're living in, bro, that God is going to give us platforms. And not just us. Because this is happening all over the place. There are people popping up all over the world. Prophets and evangelists and teachers and apostles and, 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 and evangelists. And all these people are popping up. And God is using them in the same power and spirit. Yes. And we are going to be put in places where Christians might not like so much. Uh, on TV shows that might not be too popular. But you know what? You can't reach the sick if you don't go where the sick are, whether they pretend to be Christian or not. You have to go where the Spirit leads. You have to go where, where, where God is opening the door. And God is ready. I, I have, one of my, a friend of mine had a great comment, and it's so true and it's so sad. He says, the church is the only hospital that doesn't let the sick in. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How yes. true is that, brother? Yes. How true is that? The only hospital that don't let the sick in. You have to be perfect to go to church these days, and that's a shame. That's a shame. Church is supposed to be where we can go and, and not make pretend that everything's all right. We can just be ourselves and not be judged for it. We can be loved just by who we are, by who God created us to be. And yes. then have the brothers in there who know who they are in God to teach us and, and mold us and help us and deliver us and whatever they have to do to set us free in, in a life of fulfillment of God. The life of a fulfillment of God is not always happiness and riches and glory on earth. Because God uses the fire to make you pure, like gold. Like yes. gold. And you are God's gold. And he gets back to the same way. Luke 4.33, now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. Am I allowed to use that word on the show, demon? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Just making sure. <laughs> and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? Now, here's my question to you, and I want you to answer this, Omega. What do you think a typical believer would do in this situation? Uh, they would uh, They would either have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> if most of them would run and probably drop their clothes on the ground. They'd run so fast. <laughs> um, now, the next question is... <laughs> And you're right. Isn't that scary, though? Now, let me ask you this now. What might a spiritually well-trained believer do? Should say, I bind you in Jesus' name. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Praise God. And what did Jesus say? Jesus rebuked them, saying, be quiet and come out of him. Did Jesus pray for him? Did Jesus say, Father, we command this demon to be quiet and come out of him? Do you think Jesus closed his eyes? That's another one. Everybody, when everybody prays, they close their eyes. Like, it's like the mighty eyelid crush. You know, that, that's the anointing. No, Jesus commanded, commanded him to come out. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out from him and did not hurt him. How did Jesus do this miracle? He did the miracle by exercising the authority that was given to him by his father. Yes. Authority is not exercised by praying, but rather commanding, commanding. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What word this is? But with the authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. 
Now, we're not saying that Jesus never prayed, but that there were specific occasions on which he did not pray, but rather commanded. Yes. So how did Jesus deal with his physical infirmity? Some of us may have been taught that believers had the authority to cast out demons out of afflicted people. But if someone has a physical infirmity, can we only just pray for him and trust God to heal him? Let's see how Jesus dealt with his physical infirmity. In verse 38 uh, of Luke, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was there, suffering from a high fever. And Jesus asked to help her. And in verse 4, uh, Luke 439, so he bent over her and just rebuked the fever. And right after that, it's a comma, and then it says, and it left her. No, in God. you didn't say he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and then in God's time, it left her. No, it rebuked the fever, and it left her. It left and he her. Didn't, amen. He didn't say, uh, I- I'm sorry that uh, you're sick. Uh, we'll be praying for you. Bye-bye now. Exactly. He didn't even say, well, we'll put you on our prayer list. I'll send you to my prayer warriors. He looked at her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And we're going to get into that in God's timing thing because it, it, it very rarely we, we put the focus on the wrong person here. If I, I ask this question. If Jesus were to pray for this person right now, would they be healed now? And everybody goes, absolutely. So let me ask you this. When you pray for this person, who's doing the healing, you or Jesus? Jesus. And they go, Jesus. Then why, if you say Jesus, when if he was here praying and, 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 and this person would be healed, and you're telling me when you pray, Jesus is doing it, why wouldn't it be done immediately? Amen. Amen? I mean, that makes sense to me. Jesus didn't pray for this woman. He didn't say, Father, we rebuke this fever in the name of Allah. He didn't close his eyes. He didn't, you know, crush those eyelids. Jesus did three things in healing Peter's mother-in-law. First thing he did, he rebuked it. The second thing he did, he touched her hand. The third thing he did, he helped her get up. He did not pray for her. You see, the funny part is, too, it's an amazing thing. He rebuked, he touched, he helped. He rebuked, he touched, he helped. You rebuke the, per- the, the demon. You touch the person's life, and you help them get back up on their feet again. Amen? Amen. Luke 4.40 says, When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many, many, not one, many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them. And would not even allow them to speak, because he knew he was the. They knew he was the Christ. Yes. Many demons started shouting. Again, we ask this question: What would uh, a normal Christian do today? You start praying over people, laying hands on the sick, and all of a sudden, demons are flying out of people, saying, "You are uh, shouting." These people shouting, "You are the Son of God," and the demonic force. <laughs> you know, it's sad that, that Christians. I mean, we got to be prepared for spiritual warfare, like Jesus was prepared. Yes. That's why you have your show, Mega, to instruct and, to, and help teach Christians. You are the bridge, bro. You're the bridge between the people who have done this and, and by experience and laid their life down for the deliverance of Christians uh, to set people free and for healing the sick and this, and the, the Christian who, who might not know where to go. Am I correct on that? Amen. Folks, where would you rather be tonight? Would you rather be here, hearing Pastor Over tell you about... Uh, what Jesus came and did and the example that we're to follow and the power you have in the name of Jesus Christ to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick that they'll be healed? Or would you rather be over at the theater right now watching The Last Exorcism, a totally blasphemous movie which makes a mockery of Christians? You've got to be ready, folks. Ready or not, the demons are coming. And what are you going to do when they knock at your door? Can't call the ghost That's right. What are you going to do? 
when someone in your uh, your family is sick and there's no doctor. You better know how to cast the demons out and lay hands on the sick. That they will recover in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ignorance Amen. is not bliss in this time, brother. You're right, my, my people friend. perish for a lack of knowledge. You're right, my friend. you got all these people who watch all these things and, and will watch the last exorcism and stuff like that. Stop watching the last exorcism and start having demons out of people who are into that stuff. I mean, come on, let's use it for a godly purpose here. Instead of watching, uh, you know, Satan taking with with of God and speaking it. Folks, uh, folks, what would you rather have right now? Would you rather have a message that says how to be a better you? Or would you rather know the power of Jesus Christ that came to set the captives free and heal the sick? And that's for today. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And ever, and ever. Luke 5, 12 says, Well, Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along who was covered in leprosy. Covered. And when Jesus saw, and when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And if you are, uh, uh, and if you are, uh, you know, and you need self-deliverance, get on your face for God tonight. Get on your face for God. And say, God, I know you're willing. Make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And he said, I am willing, he said. And then right after that, he just said two words, be clean. And then he was clean. Jesus did not pray. Jesus did not say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus did not close his eyes. After, after he said be clean, the leprosy, the leprosy immediately left him. Matthew 12, 9, going on from that place, he went to their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. All he said was, stretch out your hand. Didn't even ask anything. He just said, stretch out your hand. Jesus didn't pray. Jesus didn't say, Father, Jesus didn't close his eyes. The man stretched out his hand. It was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Now, this is a power. Church, can we get excited about this? Yes. Can we get excited about a God who does this? Do you go around seeing Muslims handing out tracts? I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. Bro, I had the, the privilege of uh, watching an interview with a man who was who used to be in the terrorist Al-Qaeda training camps who got saved and gave his life to Christ. Wow. And he, they don't know where he is. And uh, I was able to meet with this man and watch an interview with him. Just me, the host, and, and this man... And this man had about 30 other bodyguards because if anybody knew where he was, he would be dead. Because this wow. was one of the top guys in, Al- in, in, in this, uh, one of the top terrorists. He used to train, and he was going into his story and his testimony. unbelievable. He would train. He was training um, all these people since, it was, I think it was 97, how to, uh, how to kill, where to kill, how to do it, how to foot throw, to all that stuff like that. And uh, planning this whole pack on uh, uh, on America, uh, planning on going through this, it was complete demonic possession. It, it was all in the name of Allah. Now, I am going to uh, uh, side on this. You know, not everybody, everything everybody does in the name of Jesus is biblically correct either. But if you search the Klan, like I have, when I, when I, before I got saved, well, right after I got saved, I just wanted to make sure I was following the right thing. I studied everything. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there are, are things in the Koran, okay, that are are unbelievable uh, in the Quran. They're called surahs, surah verses, chapters, and yes. there are some, there are some surahs in the Quran that uh, will blow your mind if you've never heard them before. See, when I first got saved, the first thing I did was I studied every religion out, 
and what I, even Christianity, and I tried to disprove it. I tried to show, I studied Islam and go, I'm going to be a Muslim, and I'm going to try to disprove the Quran. If I could do it, then it's not real. And after I did all this, I found out, so I came to one conclusion, bro, and that's Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He died on the cross for our sins. And he went to hell for three days and rose, and he took that for us because he loves us. And I got big into the creation and the evolution, and I got big into proving the Bible word for word. And uh, the more I searched into the creation and the Genesis, the more my belief in God grew because it shows you that the Bible is just not a faith. The Bible can be used as a science book. The Bible can be used as a math book, as a geography book, as a history book, and as the almighty, powerful word of God. But anyways, he, this man was going on telling about how Islam is spreading so fast. And this is one of the sickest things I think I've ever heard. Um, their, their leader, their, I, I don't know the name. Uh, you have to forgive me for the particular person that leads the Muslims. But the, the leader has... Probably the Iman? Uh, I, I, I think you're correct. I think you're correct. Um, he commanded the Muslims. This was their plan. He told all the men to marry non-Muslim women to get them converted, and then have as many children as possible. Yes. Um, so they're doing they're that right love. now in France. Right, right now. They're doing it here in America, he's saying, right now. Yes. He's telling, he was talking about how these Muslims would marry these non-Muslim women, so you got one convert, and then have 10, 15 kids, and now you got 15 Muslims, and then commanding them to do the same thing. Absolutely. They want to take over the world, and we have to know, and we have to battle this. This is what we're up against. I mean, folks, uh, listen, I mean, what he's saying is true. In the U.K. alone, uh, the average uh, British family is not even having a child, okay? But you have the Muslims that go over there, and they'll have seven, nine kids, okay? And they're they're intermarrying, and they've almost uh, managed to um, gain 40 to 50% population in uh, England alone, you know, I mean, in Britain alone, of Muslims. Uh, you know, they're... Uh, the whole mantra is uh, submit. That's what Islam means. You either convert to Islam or they cut your head off. That's the bottom line. And they worship uh, a moon god named Allah. And Muhammad, if you go back and do the research, okay, he was an admitted pedophile. Uh, he had syphilis. And, brother, I'll throw one out, which uh, for those people that love deliverance like we do, he was normal and he believed in Jehovah, our God. Amen. And then he, then he had a demon enter into him. If they'd have known about deliverance back then and someone had been trained in deliverance, they could have cast that demon out of the guy. You know, you want to hear a, a crazy story, too, about Muhammad. I know we're getting off topic here, but this is a great story, and it shows you. The demon entered him through his wife, like Eve. Yes. Kadijah. Yes. Kadijah tricked him because the people were falling for this thing, and what happened was Muhammad... They actually have a very interesting articles where they actually have this, what is believed to be Muhammad's, very well accepted as this man's journals, almost like the Word of God, like how, yes. you know, the Word, but not in the Quran. This was just his personal journals. And I actually take a, a, a couple sentences from that when I'm ministering to, to Muslims. Like, what do you take of this? This was written from Muhammad, and apparently, apparently, it's well accepted that this is Muhammad's words. And it actually yeah. talks about, in these paragraphs, how Muhammad was deeply disturbed, because yes. he never wanted to turn his back on God, but his wife had convinced him, he thought he'd let everybody down, but that he yes. believed in God, he never, he goes, I never wanted to be worshipped as a God, he goes, Brother, I'm very disappointed in myself, this is his words. I believe she was, she had a spirit of Jezebel, and you know, she said, no, uh, you know, you are the, uh, you know, the the mouthpiece of God, and uh, she built him up, and he never got deliverance, and look what happened. 
I mean, that's an extreme case right there <laughs> of how deliverance could have made, it made, a, made a difference. But, I mean, it's so true. And you want to talk about the seed, the generational curse from that one decision that he made. Look how many people he affected to this day. Yes. If he never, if he never bowed down to, to Jezebel and said no to Jezebel, um, all these Muslims wouldn't be here right now. Uh, and, and, and it'd be a lot easier and, 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 and whatever. But you know what? Listen, this is sin. I mean, this is what we have to deal with, Christians, my, my brothers and sisters, and, and we're here to do this together. And my favorite verse is, is the next one coming up, and it's John fourteen twelve. This is Jesus' words. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And then here it is. First of all, if you have faith in Jesus, you will do what he's been doing. Yes. And, and the next question, what has he been doing? We've just been going over this for the last hour or so. And then he goes, he will do even greater works than me, for I am going to the Father. So you have to ask that question. What did Jesus do? Jesus preached the gospel. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He made disciples. He did not pray for the sick. Therefore, you are going to preach the gospel like Jesus did. You're going to heal the sick like Jesus did. You're going to cast out demons like Jesus did. You're going to make disciples like Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Amen? Don't just pray for the sick. Heal the sick like Jesus. As we were talking about before, don't pray, put them on your prayer list. Heal them in the name of Jesus. If we really wanted to see people saved, Johnny, then uh, we would go out there and be moving in healing and deliverance. And uh, that'll that'll save a lost world, won't it? Oh, you are not kidding. I mean, think about this. You will never hear people talk about... um, You will never talk talk about people uh, saying, well, how come I never see prayer being answered? How come I don't see this? How come I don't see that? Like, what are you talking about? Look over there. That person was just healed in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, look over there. All these churches are being filled to the mess. See, here's what breaks my heart. We are Christians. We serve this real God with this real yes. power and all this stuff like that. Yet, how come when we, walk, when we drive down the street, we see kids smoking pot, we see them skateboarding, we see, you know, a bunch of moms just, you know, doing what they're doing. We see people bickering, murmuring, backbiting, doing all things they shouldn't be doing all over the place all the time. Yet, when I walk down the street... I never see any Christians out laying hands on the sick. I never see any Christians out leading people to Christ and power and authority. That's right. I never hear. And why aren't these things broadcast on news? On news channels? It shouldn't be just one person that they think is a nut. It should be hundreds of Christians, thousands of Christians all over the world moving in this power. That's what I, that's what I mean when I say, imagine if we all just believed in the Word of God and did what it said. How different would this world be? And that's the whole point of the Elijah training. Amen. Absolutely. we got to get this training in all the churches, brother. I mean, exactly, brother. You you tell people what the authority is that we have through Jesus Christ, uh, the mandate to go out and do these things, and you actually train them. Folks, I mean, this is real ministry. It's not going in and sitting in the uh, church for an hour every Sunday and then going back to, you know, living like the world. You know, Sid Ross said... If you want to save the Jewish people, go out and start laying hands and do Amen. miracles. And then they'll, they'll see the power of God, and Amen. they'll believe what you have to say. Go ahead. Amen. 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 And amen. See, we want to get this into churches because, and then we don't just do this and then leave. We do the training, and we're working on a process, a vision that God's revealed to me that I'll, I'll very gladly share. I mean, because God is really moving now. And, and, and what me and, and Joe Moto are working on, Joey, Joe White. 
Um, we're working on a, a four-piece set. We're doing the Elijah Challenge. We're doing street evangelism. We're doing uh, uh, moving out of the prophetic, and we're doing one on deliverance as well. And we plan on going to churches with these seminars. It'll be an hour and a half to two hours apiece. We're running through these seminars in, in seven days. Do the seminars for four, and then for the next three days, take the people onto the streets to move in the power of God, like what happened before, to build the kingdom of God and put butts in heaven. And he Amen. gave us this power to do this. Matthew 10, 1. See, all I'm doing here, and this is why the seminar is so easy to do, I'm literally just reading the Bible to you. <laughs> I mean, there's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. That's why I was saying, what are we doing when you read this stuff? Matthew 10, 1. And we had called to him his 12 disciples. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. We've been given a very high level of authority to heal the sick. Yes. And as you go, he says, proclaim, saying, the kingdom of heaven is out of hand. And he tells them, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. These were the commands of Jesus that he gave to his disciples and apostles. Jesus commanded his disciples to proclaim the kingdom of heaven and to heal the sick. Therefore, today, we must teach the disciples of Christ what he commanded 2,000 years ago, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, to heal the sick, to cast out devils to do this in the name of God and, and, and to do this to, 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 to bring the, the, the church back to the way it should be. And one of the most important parts of this ministry and what we're really working on, we're going to be moving into this, is what we call Man of Peace Ministries, which is talked about in Luke 10.5. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Yes. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. People, the Jehovah Witnesses are going around door to door with a lie, and God is telling us to go door to door and heal. Yes. With the power of God to bring people back to Jesus Christ. This is what this is the things that this is why this is what we're called to do. We've got to infiltrate like an army. We've got to come out like a team. You get your church together. Whether it's a church of 5, 10, 50, 100, 3,000, doesn't matter. Imagine a church of 100 people, brother, pulling out to the city on one day, just going ruckus. People laying hands on people in the, on, in the streets. People are preaching the gospel. People are knocking on doors, healing people at home. We would have absolute, all-out revival. Yes. Revival. Revival. And then we get onto this topic here. Uh, of, of the four reasons the church usually gives to explain why the sick aren't healed sometimes. And this is what we need to get to, because this is very important. The first thing is, it's not God's will. The second reason is, it's not God's time. The third reason is, the sick person has sin. And the fourth reason is, the sick person lacks faith. You see, when you say it's not God's will and it's not God's time, what you're essentially doing is you're blaming God that it didn't happen. It didn't happen, oh, it's not God's will right now, it's not God's time. No. Wrong. And then the other ones is the sick person has sinned. The sick person lacks faith. Now we're blaming the sick person. Yet this whole time, we don't blame ourselves when the miracle does not take place. The Bible says that if we had the faith of a mustard seed, we could move a mountain. Does the mountain have faith, or is the faith in us? The faith is in us. Yes. When we believe, we, the power of God moves. Who is bigger? What is bigger? The doubt in that person's in that person's heart, the not belief, the sin in that person's life, or your belief in God, who wins that battle? 
And you know, I mean, some people don't even believe you on that, but you know what? This is what we do. We go to the scriptures. This is what he said. Jesus said, he replied, because you have so little faith. That's what he said. He goes, because you have so little faith is the reason why these things weren't happening when the disciples and apostles uh, failed to do this. He goes, I tell you the truth in regard. If I had the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Everybody out there, what will be impossible for you? Nothing. That's right. But this kind does not go out except through prayer and through fasting. See, the disciples lacked mountain-moving faith. He goes, if I tell you the truth, anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, he has the key. And that's the whole key of our life. And that's the whole key of our ministry. That's the whole key of our faith. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. This is why David was able to run at Goliath full force. He didn't doubt in his heart that God will win. But believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Faith of God is no doubt what I must say will be done. When God said, let there be light, what happened? Light happened. There's light, did God, yes. Did God, have, did God have any doubt that the light would appear? Absolutely no. not. Why? Because what he says goes. And it's the same thing. There's a great example that William Lyle uses in his, in his PowerPoint. And that is um, the demons that we talk to and, and we cast out and the sicknesses that we have to heal and that we have to cure in the name of Jesus. We often have the wrong view of it. You have a, a man and a dog, and you tell the dog to sit. You have authority over this dog. You say sit, the dog sits. But yeah. often what we see is this. You say sit, the dog goes, Grr. and then the dog says sit, and you go, what? And then you sit, and the dog goes, good boy. <laughs> you see, <laughs> that's how we look at these demons. We say in the name of Jesus, we command you to leave. The demon goes, Grr, and then we get scared. And the demon goes, I'm going to get you. And we go, yes, sir, I'm sorry. You see, when someone like a military commander gives a command to that which is under his authority, he utters the command with no doubt or fear of being rejected. Because he has been given authority in that realm, what he believes, uh, what he believes that what he says will happen. Disciples of Jesus Christ who are sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God have been given authority over disease and demons. We are not suggesting that believers have all authority like God himself. But when in the context we command diseases and demons to go in Christ's name, we speak with the faith of God without doubt, fear, or failure. Yes. So my question is tonight, and, I, and, and I'm ending this tonight on, what about you? Do you want the power to change the world? Do you want the power uh, that God has created you for? God has not created you for a life of poverty. It's very clear. God has not created you for a life of loneliness. God has not created you for a life of sickness, sin, uh, disaster, uh, sadness, depression, suicide, confusion, doubt, none of this. Sexual promiscuity, homosexuality, whatever the case may be, listen, we all fall short of the glory of God. Whether you're a homosexual or whether you're a blasphemer or whether you're a liar, sin is sin and sin is sin. And the bottom line is we need to turn away from these things that hold us down. That the beautiful word of repentance is right there again. And ask God for that grace and for that mercy. So right now, I'm asking you out there, do you want this power that God has given you? Do you want to move into this? You might see the building across the street, 
But in order for you to move into the building, you have to walk there. You have to take the steps to get through the doors. And my cry to you right now is to take the steps to get into the door of everything God has planned for you. I'm asking you tonight to take the steps into your destiny like God has planned for you. I'm asking you tonight to move into all who God created you to be. Exactly who God thought you would be. Because God loves you and he wants to protect you. And he's going to move you and use you to change this world. Jesus didn't speak to millions of people at a time. Jesus spoke to a few groups, 70, hundreds sometimes, maybe thousands. But let me ask you this. Who changed the world? That was 12 ordinary men. 12 very ordinary, sinful men. And if Jesus could do that by his instruction, by his discipleship, he has given us the same instruction and discipleship today, but to even a greater extent, because Jesus Christ is living in our hearts right now. And his Holy Spirit abides with you. And right now, I'm going to start a prayer right now. Yes. And what I want you to do, everybody at home, is I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just think real for a second. I want you to think about those dreams you had when you were a little boy or a little girl, when you were so innocent. And you had no idea what was going on. You just loved life and everything about it. And you started getting older when you were laying in bed at night and you were thinking about what your future would hold and you would think just, you know, when you were just you. And as you stare at that ceiling when you're laying in bed and you're just thinking to yourself, what do you think about? What do you dream about? What do you want to do with your life? Do you want to make it mean something? Do you, want to, do you want to make it a legacy? I mean, look at all these Christian schools and all these things. Like You have these things like Old Roberts University. Old Roberts is an ordinary man, but there's a university named after him. I mean, look at all these teachings that have come. You want to leave a legacy that will have your fingerprint on this world forever? And when they look at your fingerprint, they don't see you, they see Jesus Christ. And all the things that God has used you for, and all the people that you've touched. And there's steps in order to do that. You can't do that if you're tied down. You can't do that if you're tied down. So right now, in the name of Jesus, in God's name, I pray right now, Father God, I release the spirit of homosexuality right now. Yes. I bind that spirit of homosexuality, Father God. And I cast that into the dry places, Father God. Lord God, I pray right now for any spirit of depression, suicide, doubt, fear, confusion, Father God. I pray over all these demons, Father God. Lord God, I ask you to bind them all together by their necks, Father God. And I ask you to light them on fire yes. and burn them out of the body in the name of Jesus. And I know some of you listening right now are feeling this going inside of you because God is with you. And this is God's will for you, your life to be free. Yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of infirmity, Father God. I bind the spirit of unfaithfulness in the name of Jesus. And somebody out there who's listening right now has been unfaithful to their spouse, and God is asking you to just repent of your sins to him right now. 
and just let him take it over and wash clean. And he wants you to trust in him. Trust in him. So he can restore your life to you. I know it's been hard. I know it's been a mess. And I know those thoughts in your head are destroying you. But God is going to heal you and God is going to move through you. In Jesus' name, you are not garbage. You are not dirty. When God washes something clean and forgives, God washes and forgives. Yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask you to loose your angels of glory from heaven, Father God. With the sprinkling of God's power over everybody listening right now who you have ordained to listen to this show right now, Father God, for such a time as this. God, I bind up that demon of depression, God. Yes. That robs us of that joy and robs us of that quality of life, life that you breathed into us, God. And restore your holiness, Father God. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ, Father God, over everybody listening right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you pour. I just don't mean sprinkle, God. I mean pour the blood of Christ from the heavens above over all who are listening. And in the name of Jesus, demons, flee into the pits of darkness in the name of Jesus. Because the authority that God has given us as Christians, you are at our command. And when we say bind, you're bound in the name of Jesus. When we loose the angels of heaven, God approves it and sends his angels of heaven down to destroy. God, send your warring angels, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, with the swords of righteousness, Father God, and slash, Father God, all the demonic oppression, Father God, over the people who are listening right now in the name of Jesus. And don't just stab them once. I want you to slice them up, Father God, until all the demonic oppression falls off everybody listening in the name of Jesus. Because your will is to set people free. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray for restoration of the homes. I pray that men will learn how to be men. Men of character, loyalty, integrity, and honor. And that God will restore the household. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I pray that you make that decision tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, send your ever-loving grace right now, Father God. Send your anointing, Father God, that as people are just breathing right now, Father God, that they're just so thick, Father God, that you're just breathing in your presence, Lord God. And that the Holy Ghost fills right now, Father God. Lord God, we bind right now any blockages of the Spirit, Father God, of the baptism of fire in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command the Son and the Daughter of God to speak in the holy language in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I want right now, anybody who's listening right now, if you do not have, if you do not speak in tongues, this is what I want you to do. All I want you to do is I want you to say a bunch of gibberish. I want you to start. And as I pray, your mouth is going to feel like it's on fire, like it's a motor, and you're just going to move in the gifts of the Spirit. 
I want you to just start going, do something just like ba 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 ba. Just do that over and over and over and over again. And if you are bold enough to do that, and I want you to get faster and faster with it, oh, fire is going to come out of your mouth. And you are going to proclaim God's glory to the nations tonight. Tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask you right now, Father God, to remove all demonic strongholds, Father God, over the gifts which you have given, Lord God. Father God, I ask you right now to send all the gifts that you have given us, Father God, all the spiritual weapons that you have given us, Father God, to rain down from heaven, Lord God. I pray right now that fire comes from heaven, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and touches the tongue of everyone listening, Father God, and everyone boldly trying, Father God. You said we do not have because we do not ask, Father God, and you are no juster of persons than it is your will, Father God that all should speak in tongues, Lord God. I praise your name tonight, Father God, as people are getting blessed with the baptism of fire out of their mouth, Lord God, as they start speaking in tongues, Lord God, and glorifying your name, Father God, as your, as your spirit is connecting, Father God, to their spirit, and you're tying your soul to theirs, Father God, and abiding in them, Lord God. We praise you for that, Father God. We glorify you for that, Father God. Oh, Father God, I worship you tonight. Father God, I glorify you. Oh, Jesus, Father God, I glorify you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father God, I worship you tonight, Father God. I praise you for the gifts of heaven, Father God. I praise you for the gifts of warfare, Father God, that we don't have to suffer these attacks, that you give us knowledge, God, and you give us power to notice, God. I pray the spirit and the power of Elijah, God, the spirit that fell from Elijah to Elisha, double portion, God. I pray for that spirit that was on John the Baptist, Father God, to fall onto the listeners tonight, Lord God. I pray that they move in such a power, Father God, that they would just take kingdom over for heaven, Father God, they would take back what Satan has stolen from the children of God, Father God, and they would proclaim it in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. God, I glorify you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I glorify you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing else to say. Just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father God, I rebuke the spirit of suicide right now in the name of yes. Jesus somebody who was, who was thinking about killing themselves, who tried doing it twice, who tried killing themselves two times, I command that spirit to leave you right now in the name of Jesus that is no more and has no stronghold off of you. Yes. And what I want you to do is I want you to take your hand, I want you to grab your chest, and I want you to physically do this. I want you to make pretend you're ripping something off you, and I want you to throw it in the air like you're throwing it to God. And what's going to happen is you're actually going to rip the demon because it's not in you. It's just clinging on you. It's hugging on you. It's hugging on your chest. And it's just whispering in your ear. It's almost like licking up your neck. And you're going to rip this thing off you, and you're going to throw it to God, and God is going to judge this demon and destroy it. So if that was you, suicide, you attempted it two times, I want you to... To take your hands, I want you to put it on your chest because it's out of you. We just commanded it right out of your body. And I want you to rip it from you and I want you to throw it to the heavens. 
and God's going to take it from you, and that will never, ever return. And I want you, in the name of Jesus, to praise God and get filled with your glory. And get filled with your glory. Hello? Yes. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for a right shoulder. Uh, it's a woman about probably 40 years old. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command the bones to be popped back into place and any ligaments, Father God. Just heal them right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. I command these bones to go back into place in complete restoration and healing of any cells that have been, that needs to be restored, everything restored, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. And guys, when God blesses you with this, I really would appreciate, and, and I know Omega would awesome, you know, if you could just send in these testimonies to either Omega or you can email them to me through the website, johnnyova at armyforgod.com. Because you know what? God's people and the world is to see what God's doing right now. And I know a woman was healed of her knee earlier today, and God can do many, many miracles through his awesome might and his awesome power. And I praise you for that. I praise you for that, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, man. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Father God. There's a woman who's listening who had gotten into a car accident who has a neck brace on. Um, you have blonde hair, and you're sitting in front of the computer. I want you to take the neck brace off, and I want you to move your head to the left and to the right. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Praise God. As you see, you have a purple shirt on, you have black pants, you have blonde hair, and you have a neck brace on. Talking to you. Take the neck brace off. I want you to take it off. I want you to turn your head to the left and to the right. And you're going to move your head. Your neck is completely healed in the name of Jesus. And just cry out to God tonight because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you when he hears your prayers. Praise God for his healing power. Ladies and gentlemen, we could be doing this all over the world with each other. These praise reports can be raining all over the place. All over the place tonight. All over the place. I challenge you. Move in the power and the spirit of God. Move, in the, move into a whole, all you who, who you were created to be. Man, I just feel such an anointing right now. So you just want to lay in and just soak in all of God's presence right now. Praise God. Praise God. Just believe for your miracle and your healing. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if you have a testimony, you can type it in on the chat. You can email Omega. You can email me. We'd love to hear and just glorify God and praise his name with you tonight because it's a powerful, powerful testimony for the kingdom of God.
and children of God, and we can be doing this all over the world as one, as God sees us as an audience of one, moving in the power of him, making our papa proud. This is we're doing what we were called to do. And once we move in this, nobody can say that there is no God of Israel. Of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Praise God. Oh, praise God. You've been listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Pastor Johnny Ovi on tonight. Johnny Ova. And we've got Rock Rodrigo with Army for God. And we've been talking about the Elijah Challenge training. And, uh, folks, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, you need to get out and go to the conference that they're going to be holding. Pastor Johnny, uh, what is the date and location on the, the next conference that you're going to be doing where people can go out there and uh, be a part of this in person? Um, is You know what, real fast, is, uh, there's somebody who has uh, who needs prayer for an uh, ankle. Yes. Um, and uh, there's somebody who needs prayer for ankle. Your ankle is going to start to feel warm, and uh, your ankle is being healed in the name of Jesus right now. Praise God. It's your right ankle. Your right ankle. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name. Your ankle's getting warm. Father God, let this little shit. God is speaking tonight. God is speaking tonight. Someone's afraid that they're going to lose their home, and God's telling me to tell you that you ain't losing anything. You are not losing anything. You aren't losing anything. Say it the Lord. Say it the Lord, man. God is great. Our God is our God is amazing. Such a glorious God. He loves his kids. He loves his children. He's a great father. Amen. Well, um, praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, October second. Uh October second of this month of uh this year, uh in uh, Farmingdale, New York. Is a uh, 140 uh, South Front Street, Farmingdale, New York, is the address. The name of the church is called Teach to Faith Ministries. If you plan on coming, praise God. Uh, we're going to do the seminar. Uh, you get to see the slides, the videos that we got. It's all video presentation. Uh, plus, we do a live demonstration of the power of God. Uh, all is sick in the room. Uh, we lay hands on, and uh, we bring in people off the streets, uh, as well as anoint everybody with oil and uh God says he breathes new life into you and we do this thing where we anoint you with oil and, and, and we actually breathe on you and breathe life into the spirit of power of Elijah onto you. And then you get to come out onto the streets with us for a couple hours and lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. And, and you want to, if you want to talk about reaping a harvest real quick, if you've never been a part of anything like this, you, you, it, it is unbelievable. And again, it's nothing to do with, 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 nothing to do with us. It's all God. And this is, this is what the Bible tells us to do. Um, or if you can't make it out there and you would actually like for us to come and do the Elijah Challenge for you, either at a home uh, of people or a church or wherever, we will come and do whatever. We will do whatever it takes to get God's kingdom uh, to grow and to expand. And if you really want to train, you can contact me through my website, 
and uh, or you could call me or email me or whatever the case is, and we could set up a time and date for you to receive the training of the uh, the, the Elijah Challenge. Because, brother, y'all don't just tr- uh, teach uh, and equip the saints. Y'all actually get out there and demonstrate. I oh, mean, yeah. You'll do, no, the, you'll do the training portion, and then y'all actually uh, go on out on the street. You engage in uh, real ministry. You ain't kidding, brother. Uh, we, trained, we trained 15 kids uh, last summer. Um, we trained other people in the meantime, but this is when God first started this thing. It was such an amazing move. We trained 15 kids last summer. Uh, and in three months, uh, over 3,000 people got saved from these 15 kids, and over 850 miracles took place in the streets, supermarkets, gas stations, CVS pharmacy stores, food places, uh, at a stoplight in a car. Uh, one woman prayed over, uh, 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 one of the kids in our ministry prayed over a woman who was in a car accident. Shanna, uh, she has a metal rod that went up her neck, uh, and she wasn't able to turn her neck. And uh, she moved like, you know, like a board. She couldn't turn her neck anymore. She couldn't turn it for a couple of years. And the woman, uh, she had her, uh, they laid hands on her. They commanded her neck to move. She was able to rotate her neck completely to the left and to the right. She actually got out of her car and ran around the parking lot screaming, Jesus, Lord. Wow. <laughs> Praise be to God, man. Praise God. And uh, you're seeing the youth ignited, are you not? I mean, uh, Rod- Rodrigo, are you still there? No, Rodrigo's phone actually died. Okay. Um, Rodrigo was an example. Uh, he came in, got trained, and yeah. uh, and he basically you want to you want to give the testimony that uh, uh, he had with the girl on the crutches. No, I I actually have Rodrigo here at my house. We're actually taking this over here, so I'll put him on the phone. Okay, will, Rodrigo's uh, still there. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I'll like put Rodrigo. Share that. That's such an awesome testimony. Y'all, oh, praise God, praise God. Here's Rock. Hello. Rock, uh, I want you to uh, tell the listeners out there uh, the testimony of uh, how you got the Elijah Challenge training, and uh, you actually walked out there in faith and said, I'm going to put this to practice. And uh, you were going down the street, and uh, the day that you encountered the girl in the crutches, I'll let you pick up from there. Okay. And then I just got to say that I'm kind of getting bored of sharing the same testimony, so we got to get into the street soon and get some new testimonies now. <laughs> so, yes. Um I got turned into, like you said, I got turned into the Elijah Challenge um, last year around this time with John and Joe uh, Memorial, and then we we went onto the streets, and then I had to move to Texas, but apparently I, I came back here to New York. I only went there for a week, but anyways, um, I I was got I was trying to get into school that same day, but I couldn't get into school because in Texas they needed so much paper that uh, my mom thought it was just she didn't have enough paper, so um, I I go there and I didn't want to stay home that day, so I went out to to outreach, and um, I, got, I grabbed a couple of cards and flyers that I had with me and, um, and a pad just to take down who the healing and the contact info. Anyway, after that, um, I, I was trying for for, uh, for one uh, lady, and then I see two young ladies sitting in the background, and one had, was crying uh, because uh, her knee hurt really, really, really bad, and, uh, and she was with her friend. So I walked around two or three minutes just spraying around, and I was like, Hoping that God would give me so much faith just to come up to her, and um, finally, I finally just decided to go. And um, and when I pray, uh, we went back and forth at least for a good five to ten minutes, and because she didn't believe in God. And um, after after a couple minutes, God said to me that the, her the pain was going down and it was going to go off on her right knee. So uh, then after I told her that, she said. She, she just well she just started and broke down crying because she couldn't believe what just had happened and then I, I took the cautious away as soon as I said that and she 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 kind of looked at me mad but 
but she knew that she was being healed, and she believes in God now, and she, she's now studying medicine uh, in another country now, and she was also prophesied to her. Wow. So praise God for that. That was actually, praise God, that was actually putting that to, to practice. And, and again, I just want to make the point that uh, you all lay the foundations, you you train the people, show them the authority that Jesus Christ has given them, using the word, exa- you know, uh, example after example, and then you'll actually get out there and put it to use. And, then, and that's what um, uh, is so important about this training. Go ahead, brother. Right now, I just want to pray for somebody in their house, which is, I just want to bring peace to their home, because it's a, it's, a, it's a married couple that keeps fighting, and okay. uh, one of the women believes in God, and the husband does not believe in God, and she is getting depressed, and she, she, she doesn't know what to do, and they're about to file divorce papers. You live in Pample, Texas, and I just want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you, will, yes. God, you will bring peace into the house, Father God, and all the spirit of depression will be removed, Father God, and two will be removed as well, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, let the glory be to you. Amen. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for your word tonight, Father God. Jesus, 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 speak your word tonight, Father God. Omega, are you there? Absolutely, brother. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Rock, for coming on tonight. How can people get a hold of you? Go ahead and give out your contact information. You're on Facebook, uh, right? Yes, I'm on Facebook under Rodrigo, R-O-D-R-I-G-O. My last name is Zabla, Z-A-B-L-A-H. And then uh, you can contact me on my phone number, 631-532-9158. Or on my email, Rodrigo at ArmyForGod.com, R-O-D-R-I-G-O at ArmyForGod.com. Well. Praise God for being on fire, Lord, brother. Uh, folks, uh, get a hold of Rodrigo. Uh, friend him on the Facebook, and uh, he'll put you in touch uh, uh, with more uh, Elijah Challenge dates that are going on and what they're doing with Army for God, and check out their website. I want to thank you for coming on tonight, Rock. No problem, bro. Anytime. And uh, we still got uh, Johnny over there? Yes, one second. All right. Praise God, my friend. Praise God. We, we praise God for that testimony, brother, because, uh, you know, I, that gets me excited when we see 15-, 16-year-old young men and women of God get get on fire and they grasp onto this authority that Jesus Christ gave all of us, folks. Right. He didn't say you get this when you turn 30 years old. Uh, you can have it as a youth. Okay. And you want, your, you want your kids to be on fire for God going out there and, and preaching the gospel? And doing miracles in Jesus' name? Would you rather them be smoking dope and playing Xbox and flunkies in life? And you know what? I'll tell you a trick too. Uh, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, when you when you start moving in this power and your kids start seeing this, I will guarantee you, because I've seen it with my own eyes. Our meetings were Saturday night from eight to ten, and none of the kids were going out partying and drinking, doing the things. So they had something to do. And they would change our people's lives. And when they have some direction, they could go to a place and they get filled with God for real. We went yes. from 4 to 80 in three months. God totally blew the whole place out with revival. And people didn't go out to clubs no more. They weren't going into the city, uh, New York over here, and drinking and stuff. And they were literally <laughs> just coming to our house and praising our holy God. And loving every single second of it and couldn't wait for it again after it was over. Nobody wanted to leave my house. Brother, you know what, uh, uh, th- I want you to uh, share that testimony of what happened to you in Haiti. Uh, y'all saw that uh, one manifestation. You know what, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. 
Would yeah. you share that again for some of our oh, listeners? I certainly will. We were in Haiti doing a missions trip, and we were establishing uh, a lot of churches over there, and uh, literally in biblical truth and everything like that. And we had uh, uh, we were taking the same evangelism that we're doing here, and we t- were teaching those pastors over there and bringing them onto the streets. And first off, this is how you fill churches, people. This is how you fill them up. Because we our first meeting, we had seven people, and we have a church that holds 500 over there. By the end of the week, we had over 400 people at this church, completely packed out, praising God, singing leaves and everything. But we had a visitation from some uh, voodoo witch doctors. Wow. That had come down to see what was going on. And uh, so, anyways, this woman, God, is, is prompted me to go pray. And me and this other young man, Jeff, who is also another 16-year-old powerful man of God, uh, actually 17 now, um, powerful man of God, um, and... Uh, we go and we lay hands on this woman. Uh, we anointed our hands in oil. We put our hands on her head. And then we're praying, praying, praying. And then in the snap of a finger, <laughs> she does a backflip, lands on her head, gets up, front flips, <laughs> lands on her head, and then starts kicking, screaming, yelling. 40 people just like, me and Jeff, and like, it seemed like 40, but it was more like seven of us just jump on top of her. Jeff grabs her arm. She bites Jeff. She literally bit him and broke skin on his arm. And uh, we were, like, literally holding her down. I'm literally pulling out some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu stuff. I got my knee on her belly and pinning her shoulders down. And uh, just to get her to, to hold her down, this thing was freaking out. So we laid hands on it. We were binding the spirit of voodoo, witchcraft, and occult. And we command the blood of Jesus Christ to pour over her. And we yes. were just praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden, we smelled this, like, burning flesh. And Jeff was made the first conference. I was smelling it. It was getting very nauseating to me. And Jeff was like, you smell that? I'm like, yeah, what Whoa. is that? And this is as we're praying. And I turn and I look at her, and she had black, bellowing smoke coming out of her eyes, her nose, and her mouth, like a chimney. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? I was like going crazy. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So we just started praying and praying and praying. When I got done, I looked like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen uh, 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 the uh, Mary Poppins uh, with Dick Van Dyke as the chimney cleaner. <laughs> when he got out. But that's exactly what I looked like in his pictures. I, his, they're on, my, uh, on the website. If you go to com, you click photos, you click the Haiti Mission 2009, and you click the pictures, and you'll see I'm wearing a red Army for God shirt, and I'm covered in black smoke, just like if I, like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Man, like you were cleaning the chimney. Yeah, just like I was cleaning the chimney. I'm standing there smiling. I'm just covered in this black stuff on my shirt and my face. And it was just so intense. I was watching it, covering myself in the blood. It was just like ash. It was gross. Uh, and it smelled like burning flesh. It smelled disgusting. So, power is out of the real. I mean, that's just no yes. coincidence. Yes. <laughs> you know, things like this just don't happen on the street. There's obviously some things we, we can't contain and we, and, and we can't explain, but just the power of God and the spiritual world and the spiritual warfare. And it is real. There are angels. There, there are demons. And and they're just amazing stories uh, that are told. And, and, and when you move in this power, I know Shane's got some great stories as well from himself. And, uh, you know, I you want know, to talk about another a crazy story. God looks out for you and sends his angels for protection. Uh, I was doing a wrestling show in Detroit, Michigan one time. And, and uh, we're in Detroit. And you know how nice and safe Detroit is, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have a car. We took a bus into the main town uh, 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 of Detroit. We went out to eat, me and my agent. Uh, then after that, we left, and uh, we go, and it's like 10.30 at night. For some reason, nobody's out. And we're looking around like, what is going on? We found out. We go back in the restaurant, 
for some reason, we now we have no car, and we're about a good, I'd say about 16, 17 miles away from our, our, our hotel. Um, and they told us that all the taxis are closed after 8 o'clock. It's 10.30. I'm like, what do you mean all the taxis are closed? There's no public transportation to get back to the hotel? She tells us no. And I was like, are you kidding me? So how did we get back? And she gave us like a shrug. So I'm like, oh, man. And we're in Detroit. So me and, me and my agent, we start walking around, literally walking around Detroit, 1030, nothing, man. All you see is, and we're not a good area. You just see these groups of people, and you guys know what people are talking about. Just chilling on the side over there and doing whatever they're doing. And all of a sudden, this one guy comes up to us. And it's so funny, I got all these tennis He comes up to us and he asks us, he comes up and he just starts telling this crazy story how him and his two friends were going to a concert over here. And uh, he jumped in his friend's car, they get over here, and he tells us that his friends beat him up, took everything he had, and left him. And they went back. He just left wow. him for dead. And he goes, there's a bus that's running. <clears throat> um, he goes, there's a bus that's running at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. He's just going to wait at the bus station, but he doesn't have any money. So he asked us for $2.25 to get home. And uh, it was a weird request. I'm like, God, it's 2.25. So... We just gave him five bucks, and we're like, hey, God bless you, brother. Just know it's from Jesus tonight, and yes. uh, you know, be blessed. And uh, to thank you, everything like that. So we just keep walking, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get home, right? So then this guy is now trailing us, and he was watching us with this guy. He was in part of, like, a little group of people, and he was standing, like, off to the side of them. And uh, he, he, he starts, like, trailing us and walking with us, and we're just keeping our eye over our shoulder and going, what is going on? And he just starts walking really fast, really fast, really fast. And he goes, excuse me, excuse me, you guys, you guys. And we turn around, we're like, yes. And all he does is he points. And I look, and there's a bus. And I'm like, what are you pointing at? And he's just pointing toward the bus. So we just looked at him, and he started walking away. So I walked over to the bus, and I'm like, excuse me, are you running? She's like, yeah. I was like, where do you go? And she starts naming the stops. The last stop was in the Radisson Resort, exactly where we were staying, 17 miles away. Praise God. That sounds like another uh, angel. Another angel visitation, brother. I, I think mean, you learned your lesson that day. Praise God, man. Uh, you don't know. You may be entertaining an angel unaware. So whether they ask you for $2.25 or some uh, potato tacos at Taco Bell, <laughs> you'd be, be well advised to help people. <laughs> Praise God, it, though. We find out that God's angels, and this is for future reference, everybody, yeah. God's angels love potato burritos. So wow. if you have a feeling that God's going to come to you, make sure you have potato burritos available at any given point in time. <laughs> I told you I'd blow it. That's what I'm talking about, brother. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That is what I'm talking about. Praise God, man. Praise God. That is what I'm talking about. See, now see, now Satan knows we mean business, all right? That's right, man. Now, now he knows we mean business. See, now he, that's the call. Get scared, Satan, because you're going to lose. You can try. You're going to lose. And God's people are going to get delivered and free from all your traps and from all your little buddies. And they're going to get set free. And they're going to go out. And we're going to take back all the territory that you stole from God's children. And we're going to glorify God while doing it. 
Praise God, man. That's what I'm talking about, brother. Man, we've got all kinds of people in the chat room saying, man, I need friends like Brother Johnny and Rock. I'm moving to Long Island, they said. <laughs> <laughs> come, come on Long Island. We can use some friends like you guys, too, brother. Brother, get out your, your website again. Praise God, man. www.armyforgod.com Okay, now, uh, that's your that's your homepage where they can get yeah. information on uh, the uh, the trainings that are coming up and Watch some of the videos. Uh, do you also have a Facebook page? Uh, yes, it's uh, facebook.com slash Army for God. Army for God on Facebook. And, and you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, which is uh, www.twitter.com forward slash Army for God. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. And I update my Twitter. Uh, I used to not, but now I do a couple times a day. And I just, you know, we have words of encouragement throughout the day. If God's speaking to me and just thoughts on life and just thoughts on God and things that are very interesting to me, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it, a, a lot of people are really getting a hold of this Twitter and really jumping on it. It's pretty cool, you know, that I can be doing with something. I just pick up my phone, send a text in, send it out to all the people following us on Twitter. And you can actually send, set up your Twitter <clears throat> to connect right to your phone. It'll just come right as a text message. Oh, really? So when I, yeah, so as soon as I send uh, send a message to the Twitter, it just goes right to you as a text message from the Army for you. just say Army for God. You guys text Army for God. Oh, wow, Twitter. that's pretty cool. So they, yeah, can, uh, cool. they can sign up for the Twitter right off the Army for God page? Yeah, you go to Army for God, and right on the bottom, you'll see the Facebook link, the MySpace link, and the Twitter link. And uh, I highly encourage the Twitter link because, you know what, you, sometimes you need some encouragement throughout the day. I mean, I'm on some couple people and... Uh, you know, and uh, just, you know, when God talks to me, I pray a lot, and God speaks, and I just shoot out with God's speaking, and sometimes, you know, it'll bless you, and it'll fire you up and motivate you, and, and a lot of times during our outreaches, I'll actually upload live pictures, video, and, and comments oh, neat. Yeah. while things are going on, so if you can't make October 2nd, if you jump on Twitter, hook it up to your phone, and you'll be getting live updates uh, from the from the Twitter uh, of what's going on, so that's really cool. And uh, we usually have some people testify. Uh, we have a lot of people testify afterwards and uh, of their healings and of the deliverances and then everything on the streets that's going on. So we, And we give all the praise, of course, to our amazing God, Jesus. And, Amen. And, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. The, the Twitter thing is a really cool thing. It's really catchy, and it's a great way to get some information out there. I want everybody out there listening either live or on the archives to get a hold of Army for God, Brother Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo. Sign up over there to the mailing list. Uh, sign up for the Twitter. And uh, if you have a, a church and you'd like to have them uh, come on out and do an Elijah training, uh, they can do that. Uh, and is, is that the best way to reach you? Um, yeah. Through the website email address, right? Yep. Uh, the, the address is Johnny Ova, J-O-H-N-N-Y-O-B okay. as in victory, A. Johnny Ova at armyforgod.com. Just shoot me an email. I, I have it all set up through my phone. So it comes right to me, and uh, we can talk. And even if you don't have a church, even if you have a parking lot, we'll set up a screen and a projector. We'll awesome. just do it in a parking lot and do whatever. We're just going to break the walls down of the church uh, and uh, start moving out in the power of God. The church should not be an idol no more. God's our, uh, God, God is the only God that we serve. And, uh, yeah, any, any group, we will, we will train, disciple, and move out. And, and, and you know what? We have such great testimonies from, from even the churches that have brought us in. Uh, you know, in four, five, six months, God has been moving. Uh, when the congregation gets fired up and they go out and move in the power and spirit of Elijah, they don't have enough room to, to put people in the church no more. And uh, that's why I'm very excited about Farmingdale because Pastor Sal is probably one of the most amazing pastors I've ever met in my entire life. And it's hardest for the people, it's hardest to pastor, 
His part is to, to deliver people and, and raise up mighty men and women of God who want to build the body of Christ. Praise God, man. That is awesome. I want to thank you all for coming on tonight, brother. And uh, would you um, close in prayer for this show? Of course. Uh, of course I would. I want to thank you, uh, Omega, so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. My and, honor, uh, brother. Anytime uh, I'm here for you, you need me, you call me, I'll make myself available for you. And uh, you're, a great, you're a great friend. And, uh, you know, I love uh, and I'm looking forward to taking over uh, this world for Jesus with you, bro. Amen, brother. Praise God. Father, Praise in the God. name of Jesus, Lord God, I just ask you right now, Lord God, to bless Omega, Father God, and his ministry and his wonderful radio show and his family, Lord God. I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, to bless all the listeners tonight, Father, yes, God, Father God, and draw them closer to you, Father God. Send your blessings of finances down over their life, God. Yes. Send your, uh, your blessings of favor down, Father God. Open doors of opportunity in workplaces, Father God. Lord God, give people workplaces, Father God, and open job opportunities, Lord God. Yes. Father God, I pray, Father God, for, for emotional healing right now for the, for the, for the listeners, God, uh, or even for Omega, Father God, and myself, Lord Jesus. Any type of emotional healing that needs to take place in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I praise you for it right now. I'm going to thank you in advance for it, Father God. And I believe that that it's already done in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just want to thank you, and I ask your anointing to always stay, Father God. I thank you for the revelation of the, of the spirit of Elijah, Lord God. I pray for the ministries over and over overseas right now, Father God. Lord God, I pray for Israel right now, Father yes, God. Lord. Lord, that you would bless and protect, Father God. Lord God, that you would anoint, Father God, and send powerful men and women of God in there, Lord God. Father God, I pray for favor for them, Lord God. Father God, I pray for William Lowe's ministry, the Elijah Challenge, Lord God, for, for his obedience to, and being sensitive to the Word of God, Lord God. I pray for the youth, Father God, of the generations to come, Lord God, that you would prepare their hearts to hear the seeds that you are about to drop in their lives, Lord God. I pray for the restoration of marriages, Father God, and the restoration of homes across the world, Lord God, that you would bless the children of God who sacrificed everything for you, Lord God, and you would unite them and bless them for abundance, Father God, and restore things that, that, that we can even dream of, Lord God. I want to thank you and praise you for that, Lord God, for being the sons of the King, Father God. I want to thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, Lord God, because you, you are the only God who would sacrifice himself for his, his creation. And we give you all honor and glory and praise for that, Father God. And from here on out, Lord God, let more listeners come to the Omega Man Radio, Father God. Let sponsors come. Open doors of opportunity to come, Father God. Father God, to spread your message of truth around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, praise God for you, brothers. Uh, you're, you're welcome on any time, and uh, Lord bless and keep you. God bless you tonight. All right. God bless you, too. I love all of you out there so much. And uh, I love you, too, bro, Omega. Appreciate you, bro. You've been listening to Omega Man Radio. We've had Pastor Johnny Ova of Army for God and Rock Rodrigo. I want you to go out there and go to their websites, be a part of Army for God Ministries, support them, and uh, you'll be blessed. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. In about 18 minutes, we're going to have Peter Kulin on live from Sweden. Let me try this uh, shofar again. Let's see if I can do this. There we go. Praise Yahweh and Yahshua.
Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. With us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio.